I can only imagine what it must look like to have all of that egg on her face, Joy Reid, after her, her debate with Chris Rufo, where she gets everything wrong. And she says that schools aren't teaching critical race theory because, uh, well, now we have actually the largest teachers union backing, approving a plan to teach critical race theory, which is rooted in Marxism, and to provide resources to push back on anti-critical race theory rhetoric. And uh, right in front of me, I, there, there are a bunch of books from schools, including one workbook for school. These are for kids, right? Yep. Right. How to be an anti-racist by Ibram uh, X. Kendi. Now, I do think we're have to, we're we're, we're going to have a, a long and important conversation about what's actually going on in these schools, what critical race theory means, and why it's it's more than this. And I think critical race theory isn't doesn't go far enough in explaining what's really happening because something else is happening. A creepy authoritarian cult is indoctrinating your children. That's what's happening. And there are those that believe in merit, and there are those that believe in. I don't know. I guess communism, you could, you could, that's what you could call it. It's not capitalism. It's not like we march around saying like, we're all capitalists, but we do believe that if you work hard, you can succeed. These people don't believe that. They believe you're either oppressed or an oppressor and nothing will ever change that. So go to them for political answers, I guess. It's authoritarianism. And it's creepy because what they're doing right now is very similar to what happened. And I'm going to go there. We're going to go cliche. <laughs> World War II, Nazi Germany. Yeah. It's what the Nazis sought to do take the children away because you may sit here saying you don't like any of this stuff and we're going to win, but they are going for your kids. This is why it struck a nerve. It's why the backlash has been so massive. It's why they are struggling to push back and why they're now openly accepting and publishing that they are going to be teaching your kids Marxist theory, essentially critical race theory, an offshoot of this in a variety of ways. So we'll talk about this and we're going to talk about the, the, the ramifications of this cult ideology. How about this, for example? What was her name? Gwen Berry was that yeah. Olympic athlete. A few years ago, she's standing holding an American flag with a smile on her face. Now she's on the podium, angry, covering her head, angry at the at the national anthem. What happened to make this bright and cheery individual waving the American flag so disdainful and mm. and, and hateful of, of her own country? It is this cult and it is a world of pessimism and darkness. So we'll talk about this. Joining us to talk about the latest news and what's happening in these schools is Vice President for Parents Defending Education, Azra Nomani. Thank you so much for having me here. Is there anything else you wanted to add to uh, introduce yourself? Well, I'm a mom. I am a survivor. I just saw my son graduate from high school, and we have survived this assault on children. And I'm here because... I believe everybody in America needs to wake up. Everybody needs to know that we have a real threat. I'm motivated by a love of this country, love of children, and a hope for the future. I do not want toxic ideologies sucked into any child's brain to basically turn them into angry, disaffected human beings on this earth. Like our job is to make sure that everybody kind of has this path to a positive life and we have to stand in the way so i'm part of this movement of mama bears and pop bears that are basically standing in front of school boards and refusing us. and and this is so important because this could be the straw that breaks the camel's back it could, yeah. it could be the crack in the dam that you know ruptures it completely steve bannon said that come august 15th when these parents see what their kids are learning you're going to see some so you're you're going to see something that he thinks we're going to win. Yeah, we it exploded. It exploded last year. My wake up was in June 2020 when I found out that the 
principal at my son's high school across the border here in Fairfax County, Virginia, Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology, decided that we, the Asian parents, had privilege, and we needed to check our privilege. And by the way, while we were at it, we needed to get rid of the colonial mascot because what a representation that was of racism. And, oh, while we were at it, we needed to fix the admissions process so that our demographics at the school could match the demographics of the county, which meant a purge of Asians. And that just happened two weeks ago. We'll get into that. We have have an article that you wrote. We'll talk about that. Yep. We got Ian chilling. Yeah. I mean, this is... Osri brought, I don't know how many, 15 books at least <laughs> that I'm looking at. This is just, it's so jarring yeah. to see it face to face because yeah. I, I hear about it. But to think that I'm these so- books are now, are being in, in this, embedded in the school system, man, it's starting to freak me this, out. This, this, this yeah. book is creepy. Dude, yeah. the colors this, like the it's blue like, and the red, they're just like for little kid candy for kids. Black Lives they, they, Matter they, notebook. They yeah. ask you to fill out, like, these are workbooks for children mm, yeah. that Tim and was reading. Some I, I mean, you, you give this to a, a, a grade schooler. Yeah. I would have aced this stuff. I would have done so well on it and memorized it and written it to heart if I was wow. told to do it. Right. I mean, you would have been just filled in, like, this is fill in the blanks, right? Like, we, we, we basically gotta, do that. We got to show some right. of these questions. So we'll, we'll get into all this because, good, good. wow, yeah. wow. We also got Lydia pressing yeah, all the Yeah, I'm in the corner, and I'm really excited for this conversation because people constantly are asking us, what can I do to make a difference? Well, yeah. here's a lovely lady who's started uh, down the path of making a difference. So I'm excited. I'm feeling good about the future. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. We had Dr. Chris Martinson on last week, and I can't even show you the title of that podcast because YouTube would ban us if I did. No joke. Not even kidding. Just the title of it. If I scroll down on our own website. That's why we set it up. It's a tough question. What do you do? I mean, look, you've got some pretty evil people trying to manipulate children. That's, there's seemingly no limits to the depravity. You've got the the Democrats coming out saying, we always wanted to provide funding for the police. It's the Republicans who don't. We got a story that we're going to go over where there's a Democrat in San Francisco talking about how almost half of San Francisco wants to leave due to the crime and the lower quality of life. It's hard to have these conversations when YouTube censors you. So that's why we set up TimCast.com. So the good news is we're really close to launching the Paranormal Unexplained podcast. And that means if you're a member, you'll get all of that content as well. We're going to keep just adding more and more to the culture building. Plus, we have more free content coming. We have journalists who are already writing articles. The new website should be launching in the next week or so. We've already gone over the alpha. It looks fantastic. We should be moving into beta. And I think the beta will be public and then we'll go through the bugs. But become a member at TimCast.com. Help us stand up for good ideas. And uh, with your support, we're going to keep making awesome content. But don't forget to like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friend. If you're, uh, friends, if you're listening on any podcast, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Let's take a look at this first story, wh- uh, which basically contra- uh, contradicts everything the activists have said uh, up until, I guess, this point. From the Daily Mail, America's largest teachers union backs teaching critical race theory to children, says it will fight those who oppose the move and calls for October rally to commemorate George Floyd's birthday. So this is it. We've heard over and over again that no one's teaching critical race theory in schools. It was a semantic game. What they were actually doing was they were, they call it praxis, theory and practice. So they weren't teaching you the writings of, say, Kimberly Crenshaw. They were applying the ideology that she had written about into the teachings of these schools. And they're using derivative writings or ideologies like anti-racism and critical white studies to indoctrinate your children. Now the cat's out of the bag. 
The National Educators Association announced it is backing the teaching of critical race theory in schools. The country's largest teachers union approved a resolution to promote critical race theory and assemble a team to teach it to union members. It also wants to assemble a staff to take on those who challenge its plans to promote CRT. In addition to its plans, the NEA will launch a national day of action on October 14th, George Floyd's birthday, to have a dialogue on systemic racism. As of June 29th, 26 states have introduced bills or taken steps to restrict teaching critical race theory. It is unclear how the NEA's plan to teach CRT uh, uh, will be implemented in such states. I, I got to say, I read some history. I am not optimistic. We are, we are, we are, we are repeating, uh, humans are repeating themselves in this regard. If you look back to the 1920s and what was going on in Germany, I know it's extremely cliche to invoke Godwin's law and say, oh, they're just like the Nazis. They're not in the sense that they believe the same things, although actually <laughs> they kind of do. I racial identitarianism. But you take a look at what happened in the 20s, what happened with, uh, you know, Hitler being this, this, uh, what, what do they call him? Uh, uh, the leader of the reactionary extremists. And then eventually he won over the country. And the reason he did it, uh, and his own words is that he indoctrinated children. Right. So now that's what we're seeing. So here, yeah. here's, here's where there's some optimism though. Steve Bannon said on this show, what was it? A week, a week or so ago yeah. that we are going to win. We're going to defeat this, this Marxist ideology, the critical race theorists and the establishment. Just take a look at what's happening in Loudoun County with these parents who are fighting back against critical race theory. When these moms start seeing what's being taught to their children, right. they're going to wake up. And then he likened it to the French Revolution. Yeah. He said once the women, the wives came out, that was it. Right. That, that it was over. They marched down to the palace. They took, you know, the king, the queen or whatever. Yeah. So maybe what we're seeing now with the work you're doing, Azra, and, and, and all these books you have to show us is it's, it's cause for hope. Yeah. I mean, it is cause for hope because we got fed up. We got fed up. We just decided, okay, we've got our, you know, carpool that we got to do. We got to make dinner. We got to make a living, but we're not going to let garbage go into our kids' minds. And so that's what happened in my life. And I know that every parent that I speak to is equally motivated. There's, you know, nothing that will stand between a parent and their child because love is what connects us and it's existential this is a being that you brought into this world mm -hmm. you can lose a lot in this life you can lose a job you can lose a home but when you, when your child is in threat of being taken from you in spirit and in mind there's nothing that's going to stop you we saw this viral story last year where when they started doing zoom courses the, the kids were yeah. now doing remote teaching the there was a there was a leaked, leaked video. Apparently, some teacher was like, "I'm really worried. What's what's going to happen if the parents find out what what we're teaching their kids?" Right. And then the parents found out yeah. what was being taught to their kids. Yeah, we we listen, and you know what happens is we're just shocked because all of a sudden you have entrusted the school system with your kid's life, and now you see that in fact your child's future is threatened because they may end up in this very regressive mindset. And that's troubling. And so from New York City to Beaverton, Oregon, you know, we've got parents that are standing up. We've got teachers. What we've done at Parents Defending Education is created a little portal. And in that portal, people report to us their tips. And we put their tips. We investigate them. I've been a journalist 30 years, and I do the reporting. And we all do the reporting. We've got Erica 
in Rhode Island. We've got Marissa here in Virginia. We've got Nikki in Virginia also and parents all over the country that are part of our movement. And we're putting them up on the map so that everybody knows in every school district what's going on. Something crazy that uh, – well, well, I think people are familiar with the higher-profile battles that are happening. The yeah. uh, Loudoun County being one of the the biggest. You have these parents that they're in these videos. They're going viral. Yeah. Because effectively what's happening is these schools are teaching children that they either are oppressed or oppressors. Right. Which is basically Marxist theory and a critical theory. And they're saying – which is basically the same thing, but I digress. They're saying to these kids, like minorities, you will never succeed. You can't succeed. You're oppressed. It'll never happen. Yeah. And there's no solution offered up to that ideology. You tell someone you will always fail. Have a nice day. Yeah. And so you're creating that bigotry of low expectations for minorities. And then Asians, when we say, actually, we like math, you know, and our kids are good at math. <laughs> and, uh, and they go into the STEM schools, like my son's school. We're the inconvenient minority, right? And then they yes. want to dismiss us as white adjacent. And that's, or just white now. Yeah, they, they, exactly. They, they, say, they don't even bother. They say whiteness uh, is a, is a critical race theory that it's a property that it's that it's a tangible thing owned by people, and that if you're accepted, then basically Asian people can be white. Now, here's the funny right. thing: our friend Luke, who is uh, Luke Rutkowski, who's, oh, yeah. who's, who is on the show every so often, he has blonde hair and blue eyes. Mm -hmm. He is white, but he's Slavic. So, according to the Coalition for Communities of Color. They say that he's a person of color as a, as, as a Slavic individual. Blonde hair, blue-eyed white guy. Yeah, yeah. Because ultimately, though, the identity shouldn't be defined by these abstract ideas. And speaking of whiteness, this is one of those books that's actually sold and taught to elementary school kids called Not My Idea. The most startling page is this one. Exactly. Now, this is, this is in schools. This is in schools. Christopher Rufo tweeted about this. Yeah. This is this is one of those books. It's uh, taught in in Pennsylvania. It's taught in Texas. And what is, it, what is it? Let me let me read some. Yeah, whiteness it. is a bad deal. It always was, dude. We can see your pointy tail. What does that mean? Turn, go to the next page. It says contract binding you to whiteness. You'll get stolen land, stolen riches, special favors. Whiteness gets quote uh, check mark to mess endlessly with the lives of your friends, neighbors, loved ones, and all fellow humans of color. For the purpose of profit, your soul, sign below. Land, riches, and favors may be revoked at any time for any reason. And the pointy tail yeah. is on a white the, man. Is on the devil. Yeah. The contract with the devil. And that's what whiteness has. And this is going to third graders. Can you imagine that a third grader has to process? Nine-year-olds. Yeah. Basically, this kind of garbage. It's really toxicity. That's amazing. I mean, when I was a kid, we didn't learn. These are complicated concepts yeah. to teach a child. Yeah. And if you want to talk about colonization and you want to talk about, you know, some of these moments from history, you don't associate it then with this every white child that exists in classrooms today. It's really Well, it's, it's, it's funny how... Um, there's it, none of it makes sense to be completely honest. I mean, they say Asians are white adjacent. Then they say Asians are actually white. Then they say stop Asian hate. Right, right. Because uh, they, I don't, they got to do their virtue signaling, mm -hmm. right? They yeah. got to act like they care, but ultimately they don't care because they're out to destroy Asians' uh, pursuit of merit. Merit, merit exactly. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, w what is it about Asians that they get lumped in with whiteness and perhaps it's the stereotype of the stern Asian parent telling their child to work harder. Are you a doctor yet? You're not. Why not? Keep studying. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the joke. And 
they don't like the idea that I suppose that people pass down studiousness. I don't think it's racial. Right. I think it's cultural. Yeah. And I think what we're really talking about right here is they, they call it cultural Marxism. But I think it's very communistic in the sense that they don't want you to believe you can succeed. Because then what happens? You're dependent upon the government. Right. You're dependent upon some exter- a- external structure or system to provide for you because you're oppressed. You can't do it. Right. In, in, in that book, when they mentioned that contract with whiteness, yeah. do they offer up any positives of how to succeed and how to overcome being oppressed? Well, you have to get rid of your whiteness, you know, first of all, as a human being. And then you have to say that racism is what brought you down, right? And you have to have this acknowledgement of that. And then that is after, very culty. Yeah, it is very culty. And, and this is all the, the books and literature of a cult. And that's what I think is parallel in what you said about Nazism. I mean, I've heard you also talk about how critical race theory, you know, isn't the concept that we should put out there. We should just call it wokeism, right? Well, because, w- yeah. I mean, in, I mean, whether it's true or not, like it's an ism, it's an ideology. And that's what got me into this because as a journalist, I'm always looking at ideas and how they're sold and how they're marketed out in the world. And that's what I then realized is that there's this multi-million dollar industry pushing this ideology and into our schools. Spineless corporations to see a quick buck, our uh, book, uh, quick buck and in a book willing to push it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say wokeness because critical race theory is has some specific ideas. And there are derivative ideas that don't rest inside the writings of critical race theorists. Like, uh, and, and, and they use these semantic games to manipulate. So perhaps identitarianism might, might be a better way to describe it. And the reason I like saying identitarianism, it's, it's uh, effectively the, the, the etymology is identity plus, you know, government, form of government. Yeah. So you have government on the basis of race. Right. Granted, it's very vague considering everything they're talking about because it's it's deeper than just just government or policy but they're very much so pushing a way of life and policy based on your race very much so like the nazis did and so if you want to find that 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 common factor between the authoritarian groups do they hold the same economic views no of course not right. and it becomes very silly when people say oh so and so is a fascist it's like the fascists had specific views on the state and corporations and the nazis had very specific views on on race Authoritarianism is the better word, but that's really broad. Mm. The thing that com- that binds these with the, the similar uh, with what we've seen in the in the past hundred years is racial identitarianism combined with authoritarianism. I don't care what kind of uh, economic system you have if you're an authoritarian in the first place, and then outside of that, race based authoritarianism is right. just a million times freakier. Yeah, and you know I I fit really well in the oppression <clears throat> matrix because I'm a Muslim. I'm a woman. I'm an immigrant. I lived in poverty when my family moved to America. Grew up in West Virginia. Um, and so I, I could make out pretty well, right, in this <laughs> suffering. Yes. But the reason why I care is because this ism that really uh, woke me up that was in my life was Islamism, which is the political Islam. So as a Muslim... I grew up with a very progressive interpretation of the faith. I didn't grow up with thinking that I had to cover my hair. I brought as another um, show and tell this doll who um, looks like a typical Barbie. But when she arrived, her name is Fula, and she had her hair covered. She was wearing the black abaya that women oh. have to wear, right, in Saudi Arabia. And you'll see that I took her to vote with me one day. <laughs> I got her the voting sticker because... 
uh, you know, women have been denied the vote in these Islamist countries. So there's being a Muslim and then there's believing in Islam that is ab about your identity and about um, politics. It has to be in governance. And so for the last 20 years after 9-11, I've been fighting that extremism. And that's where I really understood this identity politics divides people. It's dangerous. It kills people. And that's why I, I know that the battle we're in is so important. And there's there's an interesting point to be made, too, with identity politics. There's sort of a positive identity politics and a negative identity politics. And I think it's hard to know exactly where the dividing line is. Certainly, we view the Civil Rights Act as a good thing. You can't discriminate on the basis of race. What we don't like is identity politics where they say you must discriminate on the basis of race. So that, that's what I've run into with, some, with many of these left personalities. They're like, aha, when you say Civil Rights Act, you're playing identity politics. And I'm like, I'm saying you can't use right. someone's you know, race to discriminate. Yeah. And then they say you can. But right. here's really fascinating, right. though. We, they, they then say you can't discriminate on the basis of sex. They, they say it's, it's a really confusing thing, to be completely honest. But maybe we'll get into that in, in a second. I want to do this first because I want to talk about critical theory in general, critical gender theory. What, the, the big battle in Loudoun County is actually over a transgender policy bill. Right. So it's not just race theory. Yeah. But I got I got I got to pull up this book. <laughs> I was looking at this book. We got this. How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. Huh. Ultimate summary, lessons, goals, checklists, and action plans. This is made press. So w w what is this? What is this? In insane book. So this is a book that you use while you read his book that Fairfax County, Virginia, for example, spent $24,000 buying and requiring children to read. And so then you get this workbook that accompanies it. And you would have loved it, right? You would have just filled in the blank. You would have said, oh, okay, I have to go. To, this is my next prompt. You would have been a great student going through this workbook. So tell us some of the great questions that they've got in there. Well, I want to go to the, to the let's, go to, let's go to the back. Let's see what we got. Okay, um, well, those are action steps. First, I'll just point out they have these, these areas where you can write. Mm. Lessons. Number one, queer racism is a strong collection of racist policies leading to inequity among race sexualities that can be substantiated by racist ideas as regards race sexualities. Queer anti-racism is the phenomenal gathering of anti-racist policies leading to equity amongst race sexualities for authentication by anti-racist ideas on race sexualities. Every race sexuality is unique. Did that mean anything? I feel like I missed a step. <laughs> yeah, I missed something. It's What's so race Ian? sexuality? It's Answer so the question. <laughs> it's uh, intentional. Yes. Yeah, it's so intentional word salad mm -hmm. because they want to confuse people and make them dizzy with yes. their assumptions. They have so many strange assumptions in every sentence. Here, here, here's, here's one. In what ways can you be a successful gender and queer anti-racist? Yeah, exactly. Like what? What? Yeah. And then you just fill the blank in? Yeah, fill the blank in. Explain why everything about race is tied to lay down policies that predominantly cause so much harm to other racial groups. So, wait, 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 hold on. Right. What? <laughs> Explain why everything about race is tied to lay down policies that predominantly cause so much harm to other racial groups. What? What? Yeah. What, what is he saying? Is he saying that his own book about race is harming racial groups? So or is he saying that the restricting it cause harms to racial groups? Seems like he needs a copy editor. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, now here, it's dizzy. The, here, here's yeah. the goals. In, uh, number one, and you, and you got to write, you got to fill this in. In what ways has your sexuality been threatened? 
How did you go about it, and what would you have done differently? What, what, yeah. what? How old are the kids who get this? These kids will be high schoolers. Oh, okay. 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 I mean, still, come yeah. on. Oh, yeah, a high for sure. Schooler, it's it's basically you're getting this Bible for critical mm-hmm. race theory handed to these kids for a required reading, and then you're getting his own nonsense repeated back as if you're supposed it's, to it's, treat it it's, like it's intelligent prompt. It's garbled nonsense. I mean, yeah. so here's yeah. here's another one, and the, again, you got to fill out the blank. Map out the modus operandi you intend to begin in helping to protect and shield vulnerable homosexuals and heterosexuals henceforth. Wow. Yeah. Is that what high school kids need, need yes. to Yes. And, and so what's, what's the hidden agenda there? It is to turn our kids from being students of knowledge into activists. Yes. I mean, that's the bottom line. Teachers have said that. I love yeah. this. I love this. Yeah. In chapter 16, failure. It says race is a social construct, not a power construct. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> Ra- uh, race's racial history as a singular match of racial progress and not a combat of anti-racist and racist progress. Did you say race's racial history? Yes. This is terrible. This is horrible, <laughs> right? It's race's completely... problem being ingrained in ignorance and hatred and not powerful selfish interests. It says the racial history of failure is tied to failed solutions and policies. The failed solutions and policies are due to failed racial principles. There are several wrong notions of race we need to debunk before we go further. This is circular. It, it feels like a fever dream. Have you guys ever <laughs> had like strep throat and you wake up in the middle of the <laughs> Right, right, right. Exactly. Yes. Things don't make sense. But yeah. if you can believe it, like, so he's become the poster boy for this, right? He's being uh, $20,000. For one hour Zoom call. You ready for this one? The school districts pay. This is what they're asking children. Yeah. They're, they're asking, okay, maybe, maybe the Teens. teenagers. Yeah. Why do you think the black skin makes non-black uncomfortable? I read that verbatim, by the way. Yeah. The black skin yeah. makes non-black uncomfortable. Yeah. Non- this is this is like Robin D'Angelo. <laughs> it is. So when it is. she said she wrote, what did she write in her book that she was like, she went to a party with black people and she felt really uncomfortable around mm-hmm. them? Right. I'm like, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's you, dude. Yeah. You're it's racist. A you problem. Yeah. yeah, that's not a me problem. <laughs> and then if you have an, in, if you've internalized some messages about yourself, like don't go projecting them on others. And all they do is project. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's, I, what I'm so happy about is so many of the black parents that are emerging and saying, this is not what, how, how we want to raise our kids. Exactly. Like they're in Loudoun, they're in Fairfax. There's, a, there's a great movement there. Are you a behavioral racist or anti-racist? And what are your attributes based on your chosen position? Yeah. You're either a racist or an anti-racist. Oh, so it says, are you A or B? And after you select that, yes, you are one of the two. Yeah. No, but here's here's the point. Both racist and anti-racist believe in discriminating on the basis of race. Yeah, there's no and win. Anti-racism from Absolutely Ibram X. Kendi no. is, we must, it's, it's in, Ibram X. Kendi has called for racial discrimination. Yes. Yeah, he, he has, has that quote where he said, the only solution to past discrimination is present discrimination and future discrimination. Mm-hmm. I'm right. paraphrasing. Right. So to tell kids you are either a racist or anti-racist and they have to pick one, he, they're basically creating this false choice where it's like, well, so which one do you want to be? Do you right. want to be the person who discriminates on the basis of race 
Or do you want to be the person who discriminates on the basis oh, okay. of race? Sure. Yeah. A mom was just telling me that this is just like the Salem witch trials. You know, as I was driving here, are you a witch? Oh, then we have to burn you at the stake. Oh, you're not a witch? Then that means you're denying being a witch. And mm-hmm. so then we're we have to burn you. No, then we have to drop you in the in the water and see if you float. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, so either way, you die. Yeah. yeah. Either way. <laughs> and that's what they're going after. They are trying to destroy people. This Let's is a lovely notebook. That you can yeah, inspire the yourself. The BLM notebook. Is this just yeah. like for writing in? Yes, yeah, just for your oh, yeah. your personal reflections. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this right here, this fist, is called the Red Salute. Right. Yeah. And right. it's been appropriated. They call it the Black Power Fist. And that's like saying, it's not the Nazi salute. It's the White Power Salute. It's like, I don't care what you call it, dude. It represents authoritarian identitarianism. Yeah. I'm not interested. And then this is now, this this fist is now becoming the stuff of PowerPoint slides in classrooms. It's the stuff of posters in teachers' rooms. It's It just goes, it, and that's what fascinates me, propaganda again. Because this becomes cool for the kids. And yeah, that's not um, good. Somebody on Twitter pointed out to me that the feminist symbol is exactly the same fist, but with, you know, the sign for the feminine. And I'm like, how long has this been going on? Right. How did we not notice right. this? So there's a bunch of other books. What's this Call Me Max book you have? Oh, yeah. So this goes into the transgender issue. So this was a book that was read to kids right in Austin, Texas, in um, the school district there called Eanes. And um, lovely pages about a well, I don't know. I mean, do you call a girl who, a boy born a girl who is, wants to be called Max? And he takes. I mean, Max is actually, um, could an go. Androgynous. Yeah. Right. So. Maxine, he Maxwell. Decla- yeah. He declares that his parents had decided at birth that he was a girl. But he decided, no, I am not. The grown-ups made a mistake. And so. Lovely Max is able to find little kids that he can speak to about it. And then, fortunately for him, he finds a friend who is also in the same situation and has decided that he's a girl Mm -hmm. and a support group at school. And there they get to talk about their identity issues. Away from the parents who were wrong. Yes. Who were wrong and made a mistake. That's what, and so a really critical part of these teachings, including this one, I Am Jazz, another famous one, right, is that the parents made a mistake. So this is, again, another Marxist ideal. This is from the Cultural Revolution, right? Dividing the parents from the children. Yes. Creating intergenerational warfare. And ultimately, the state knows better than the parent on how to raise the child. Do you remember when the teachers were melting down over the idea that parents could now listen to their classes with Zoom? Oh, yeah, I know. I think this is why. And, yeah, because ultimately, in this uh, whole dynamic is the idea that the kids have secrets also that they need to keep from the parents. So, you know, this is another issue where school districts are debating whether or not a child comes to them and they say they want to be called by a different pronoun, do they tell the parents? And then they have a form on whether or not they tell the parents or not because they can keep it a secret from the parents. Wow. Yeah, yeah I have some questions about uh, books like this. I was just looking through the book yeah. and in it, the the child eventually, you know, talking to the kids at school goes to the parents, the parents have a conversation then, then the kid goes to a support group. What about... Uh, uh, children who are prepubescent, what what about them is not boy or girl, right? So they say that uh, gender is a social construct. So is the issue that Max, which could be a male or female name, 
uh, Max wants to wear blue jeans and not a skirt. Well, that's not anything to do with biological sex. I agree. Whether or not someone wears a skirt is a social construct. In Scotland, they wear kilts, very similar in some respects. Yeah, Middle East. Yeah, in Middle East, they wear, uh, what, what, the, what would you call them? The, the gowns, basically. Gowns? Right? The, uh, yeah. Men right. wearing gowns. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, a, a toga. The That's like burning a burning man. I wore a dress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's a little right. different. It's normal. No, so, so while they say that gender is a social construct, the way we dress is a social construct, a child who has no concept of sexuality would go through a biological treatment when what they're really saying is, I want to wear different clothing. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions around that. Yeah. And then what's happening is our medical system is now creating firewalls between parents and children when the kid turns 13 mm-hmm. so that they can have private conversations with their health care provider away from the parent. Uh, I've Evergreen, one of these school, these healthcare systems in Seattle has just announced that 13 year olds get their own email address to talk to their healthcare provider so that they can have these private conversations. Wow. So you're saying so the schools and the medical providers are, are encouraging kids to talk about gender issues they're having, changing their gender and not tell the parents. Yeah. Specifically, they don't tell the parents. Yeah, because what the narrative is, is that the parents are evil, that they bully, that they are not understanding, and that they create then transphobia, right? So they use all of their words then against the parents to create all of these systems that separate children from their parents. Is this... um? You said they're just trying to get this passed in the school system where... where it's happening. It's happening. I just read Virginia's new policies. You know, they've gotten rid of the uh, father-daughter dance because that's not okay anymore. So I, I just want to uh, – I'll stress this point one more time before we jump to this this next relevant story is if someone, uh, a child who has not gone through puberty, has no um, experience of sexuality, how would that child understand they want to undergo a biological process to, to be or not be? It's 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 – uh, I don't know. I, I guess the argument, it's a similar argument the left uses. One of the arguments we've seen from many uh, of the uh, pro-trans activists is that if a child doesn't is going to go through, say, male puberty, they don't know what it's like to go through male puberty. Maybe they wouldn't like it. Therefore, they have actually argued that all children should be put on hormone blockers until they can choose. Wow. Right, right, right. And what, what, what they, what they fail to understand is that there's actually, uh, you know, prenatal, prenatal testosterone plays a huge right, role as well. Right. And a child looking at dolls and action figures and dresses and blue jeans, those are not, that, that has nothing to do with your biological sex. Yeah. But they want kids to undergo a physical, biological treatment for a clothing or cultural issue. Yeah. And what's so disturbing to me is that, you know, growing up in India, um, and then visiting, there, there's always been a difficult relationship with folks who are transgender. And I always had great empathy and oh, and still do to this day, of course. I think most people do with anybody who is, you know, in this world. Like, you want to live and let live. The problem here is that this is an in- intrusion now, right, into the lives of children, into the lives of families, the decisions of families, because I want everybody to be able to live peacefully and without harm, right? We all do. We don't want any kind of harassment, discrimination, bullying. But this is a new propaganda that is making it cool and making it getting ideas in kids' heads that they otherwise wouldn't have because maybe they just want to wear blue jeans. Now let's uh, uh, let's get let's go to this this, this story that just happened over the weekend. Mm. I think this story may be 
this next story about uh, um, the We Spa. Have you have you heard? Oh about this yeah. One? I mean, look if if these left leftists really want to go here, and I think they have no choice. This could be um, disgustingly. A bit of optimism for people who oppose this this uh, cultural Marxism and, and critical race theory and critical gender theory. So we had this spa in Los Angeles. I don't know if you saw the video, Ian. No, I haven't. There's a woman complaining to the desk that a, a, a an individual with male genitalia was walking around in the spa in front of little girls, in front of women. This woman filming was complaining, saying, why are you allowing a man to walk around naked in the women's locker room? And the clerk says, we cannot discriminate on the basis of gender identity. Some guy walks up to the camera and it's like, it's a trans woman. It's fine. And the lady's like, that's no woman. You know, the, the lady's saying that, that's, like, you know, I can tell it's male, male junk. Like, yeah. sorry, I don't care. That's not transgender. So people actually are uh, on the left defending the law that allows biological males to go into the women's side and get naked. And there's a lot of really interesting arguments about this. But I, I, I believe this this could be. A very serious problem for these leftists. So Antifa shows up. So this is, this is a story right. from The Hill. Protesters clash in L.A. over transgender women disrobing in spa. Now, I'll say this. We don't even know if the individual is transgender. Mm-hmm. The default assumption is if a biological male goes to the women's locker room and disrobes in front of children, it must be a trans person. That's, in my opinion, horribly insulting to a trans person. Perhaps perhaps it is true because the, the clerk said we can't discriminate on the basis of identity. But did anyone actually investigate because what if it was just some guy walking in and exposing well, himself? If there were testicles, it has nothing to do with gender identity. Yeah. That's, it, it does. That's balls. No, it, do, no, it doesn't matter. That's not gender. Yes. That's, that's sex organs. That's it not gender. doesn't matter. The law is the law. But that They're allowed have, to use the women's locker room. You're not discriminating on, on, on gender identity at that point. You're just discriminating on that there were testicles swinging. The law says you can't discriminate on the basis of sex. Oh, sex. Now, that's a different that's The story. law says Gender identity is different than sex. It says mm-hmm. in both. So this is where things get really interesting in terms yeah. of this argument. So Antifa shows up and actually attacked people yeah. who harassed, were saying... Harassed the woman. Harassed... Har- harass, yeah, right, right. Yeah. There was another woman who came out and said at the same spa a year earlier, a, a man with a beard and male privates got in the hot tub with her daughter. Oof. Now, I is that person transgender? I, I'm not going to make the assumption they are or aren't because I don't want to just... In, 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 I think it's insulting to trans people to imply that bearded dudes exposing themselves to children must be trans. That's insane to me. No, I, there, there, there are trans people who are uh, fantastic people. And why would you immediately assume that someone doing this in front of children is just part of that community? Right. We've seen That's individuals right. who have seen, I'm not going to name this person, but I think everybody knows who this individual is going in the bathroom, taking pictures, yes. posting, you know, leaked messages, really disgusting, disgusting, abusive things. So now here's what, here's where it gets interesting. The law says, uh, or I should say a certain uh, um, bits of precedence from the courts. They say that you are allowed to discriminate on the basis of sex so long as the same uh, amenity is provided to all to both sexes. So in the instance of California, there were individuals who sued over the women's only programs like women learn to code. Mm. And the court said, so long as the school offers up a men's program or a program that men can access, it's not discriminatory to have women's only programs. That same logic applies to bathrooms. It is not discriminating on the basis of sex if there's a men's room and a women's room. The interesting thing is the court's basically saying everyone is equal. They get equal access, but they're separate. Huh. Now you see the problem with that argument. That's what we saw back in, in racial segregation. They right. said it's not discrimination because everyone gets a bathroom. 
there's a there's a black bathroom and a white bathroom. They're equal, but right. separate. Now, what's interesting is now what's happening is they're letting folks cross over. Well, now under that same premise, they're saying biological males, regardless, should be allowed to go into women's locker rooms and kids' locker rooms. I mean, this is becoming the parent issue. Then you know where moms don't really feel comfortable with this on an elementary school level and that's where they push it too far and instead of hearing people out and trying to understand why folks aren't comfortable they call you transphobe or they call you you know racist if the person happens to be of a you know person of color and trans because this is what Ibram Kendi's taught them that there's all these layers of intersectionalism that you can now call people with when you smear them during Occupy Wall Street, there was a really interesting conflict because uh, somebody at Occupy Wall Street was raping a bunch of women. Yeah. And they didn't want the police to come in because it could disrupt Occupy Wall Street. So they put up posters saying, avoid this man, avoid this man, you know, wanted for these things. And they said, if you see him, throw him out, but don't call the police. So after a few uh, of these crimes, in fact, one of the individuals who was raped was a trans man. And I believe the other was just a, a, a just a woman. They set up a safe space for women. They were like, we're, we're setting up a tent, only women to keep them safe where they can go to be away. This created a huge conflict because right. all of a sudden you had people saying, first, you had people saying it's discriminatory to say only women are allowed to be in the safe space. What if I want to be in the safe space? Right. They're like, well, too bad for you. Then women, uh, 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 feminists, like the, the modern uh, version, said, well, trans women should still be allowed, even though they're biologically male. Then the feminists, the, the, the gender critical feminists said, you can't allow biological males to a safe space for women who have been victimized, especially if they've been you know, raped by a man. And the whole thing was just chaos. They ended up with like, in, in one instance, they had different working groups. One was the women's working group and one was the women's working group, but one didn't allow trans women because gender critical right. feminists were fighting with right. trans, pro-trans feminists. And, and the whole thing just became rather chaotic. And what's important, what, what were the years again that that was happening? 20, that was 2011. Yeah, and so just think that that was the the battle, and that was... Ten years ago. Yeah, that was all of this in in the left community. And then you move fast forward to 2017, and remember the Women's March? Mm, yeah. They wouldn't allow the Zionist feminists to right. come in, right? So this is... This has been this. This has been the direction, and now we're in the schools. So, like there, you were fighting. You were experiencing it that back then, 2011. There's there's something happening in, in the UK with a group called Get the L Out, mm-hmm. where they were they're they're lesbians saying that trans activists are erasing lesbianism. It's a very interesting space to navigate because you have two marginalized groups accusing each other of being the oppressors, which makes this whole critical theory stuff meaningless. So, the the lesbians were arguing. That when they go to young girls and tell them the things they're feeling mean they're trans and they should take hormones, they're actually erasing lesbians by making them into men. And so their argument was like, if, if, if someone is biologically female and likes biological females, they should be allowed to be biologically female and like who they like. But the activists now at these schools are prescribing hormone treatment, which very much change their community or as they said, erase it. Now there's something called the LGB Alliance, where they basically said it's not just about lesbians. It's about gay individuals, bisexual individuals. So they're basically saying get rid of the trans transgender from LGBT. Oh, interesting. So the whole thing has created this this this, you know, chaotic fight. Yeah. And it's uh, it is spilling into our 
children's lives. Like we have to, it's politically incorrect for a lot of people to talk about this, but it is again your child's life and future. And so this is very visceral, right? The reaction. Yeah, I think kids um, take care of their parents. And it, when you when you bring in external influences to start um, sort of erasing the influence of their parents, you can teach kids all sort of crazy things. And I'll tell you this. I do not believe that these teachers have the child's best interests at heart. In my experience, my, my evidence for this, I went to public school. Right. I got to experience what it was like to deal with these teachers who just don't care about you. And now to have them teaching this indoctrinating insanity, they you, look, when these people talk about the public health instead of the perma, uh, personal health, we were talking to someone, else, yeah. some, someone on, about this on the show. When they start talking about the collective and the greater good, they're basically saying they are utilitarians. They are willing to sacrifice you and your rights and your pursuit of happiness for their end game. Because they think the world should be a different way, and they're willing to sacrifice you to get it. Yeah, so I I love teachers, right? Because it was Mrs. Alkey in Morgantown, West Virginia. They gave me a, just a little journal with no fist on the front <laughs> that made me a writer, and um, and she was a white teacher, and she didn't oppress me. She wasn't the white supremacist trying to bring me down, but we have to be honest. Like the NEA resolution you read. They are pushing this now. Like this is ideology. This is indoctrination. Then there's another resolution that didn't get as much attention, but it was a resolution by a school teacher in Chicago suburb. And there she wants to teach the anti-Israel pro-Palestinian ar- argument. And that's wow. something that I know a little bit about. And um, this is another one of the little books I brought, which is Angela Davis, one of their, you know, uh, reading the Isn't, people. Uh, yeah. Is she the lady who... Uh she was the um, the sort of 1960s activist mm. that Black, Black Panther got into trouble. Yep. Got into trouble. Yep. To, got into to trouble. Put, 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 put it lightly. <laughs> yeah. Wanted to keep it neutral. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> From Ferguson to Palestine. Oh. Wow. All right. So this is the nexus. And that's what I know about as a Muslim. Like, I know that there is a intersection and they are using it to push agendas mm-hmm. and to push politics. So NEA, on one hand, is pushing Ibram Kendi and critical race theory. And on the other, they've got a resolution. It might not have passed, but still the fact that a teacher thinks that she can introduce this resolution that's going to be anti-Israel and then basically push the propaganda of uh, ideology that wants to... You know, destroy Israel from the river to the sea. Mm. So that's so what's happening too. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about why they're doing this. First, I want to show you the story. We have it from NBC Five Chicago. This is actually from January. Illinois Congresswoman. Uh, I'm not going to. Qu- I'm not going to repeat what she said. But she uh, uh, she said that there was one thing that the Nazis did that she think they understood properly. I'll, I'll make sure I paraphrase. I'll paraphrase this because I'm not going to. She said. <laughs> so, I'm not going to. I'm not going to read it. You can see it on the screen. Um, this congresswoman was heavily criticized for essentially art, uh, making a statement that the Nazis were, were effective in a certain way, and that was targeting children. NBC says a newly sworn in congress, congresswoman from southern Illinois quoted Adolf Hitler as she spoke outside the U.S. Capitol, saying the Nazi leader, she believed, got one thing correct. Rep. Mary Miller was speaking at a rally in D.C. when a Twitter user posted the video Tuesday showing a portion of her speech. What she was trying to say was that one of the goals of the Nazis was to target children so that they could erase the the worldview of the parents. Mm-hmm. And through that, in about 20 years, 
they won. Right. And they took over. Let me actually show you this. We have this um, this article from mssu.edu. They say, Hitler's first act of business after the election was the revamping of the German education system to, in- to include extensive military training as well as anti-Semitic propaganda. He then could use this brainwashing of the children against rebellious parents. Quote, when an opponent declares, I will not come over to your side, he said in a November 19th, 1933 speech, I will calmly say, your child belongs to us already. What are you? You will pass on. Your descendants, however, now stand in the new camp. In a short time, they will know nothing else but this new community. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And there you go. Right. That's exactly what they're doing. Now, now I, I want to I let you know why I'm, uh, I'm pessimistic. Hmm. You know, they tried to censor Hitler. It didn't work. Who did? He, what was it? What in, in Germany, there were efforts to. He was imprisoned. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was censored. It didn't work. He was able to indoctrinate people and children, and gained power and be, became the Führer. So, it, interestingly, we see all of these 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 states saying they're going to ban critical race theory teachings, and I don't know if it will work. Telling a teacher they can't teach this does that mean the teachers all, all of a sudden going to be like, well, I can't quote anymore? Or are they going to be like, no, don't tell anyone? They're doubling down. I mean, that's what the NEA resolution is about. It's basically saying we're going to fight this and we're going to make sure that we teach it. And um, you know, as you were reading that quote, I was just thinking back to again why I know that. This is something that everybody's got to care about because when I was fighting the issue of how extremism came into my Muslim community, all I had to do is go back to this word that everybody's learned now, right? The madrasa, the religious school. That's where they grab the kid, they bring them in, they indoctrinate them. In our modern day, it was the Saudi government that was creating those schools in Pakistan, throughout the Middle East. And that's who cre- that's what created our Taliban, our jihadis of today. And now, this has been our fight uh, in, our, my, in that community against an ideology. And we have made progress. Like, I want you to actually have hope because... We do have rights in this country. We're taking them to court. Uh, in Fairfax County, Virginia, we've sued the school district for racial discrimination because they are targeting Asians and explicitly doing so. Um, we have parents who are, there's, I, I was, it was awesome. I love it. I saw Not My Idea as an exhibit in a lawsuit in, huh. out of Illinois. Nice. You know, this is, this is what, we have to do because parents do have rights. We have right to privacy. We have, you know, your, your kid doesn't have to explain everything about their gender, their race, their sexuality. We have a right to information about the curriculum. Um, so this, this, yeah, we can do it. This book is, 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 is amazingly terrifying and crazy. Yeah. So this is the book, not my idea you mentioned, a book about whiteness. So, so this was being taught to children, you said. It is. Yep. Pennsylvania. Mm. So I, I just opened up to one of your one of your notes, and th- there's one page. It says connecting means opening, and opening sometimes feels. Our cars parked over here, love, like breaking. The next page, um, mom, I don't feel good. Uh oh, should I pull over? Says the mom. 
in the next page. Let me turn the page. I need to know what's going on. What are you talking about? That's the mother saying that. Why didn't anyone teach me real history? I do see color. I see yours, mine, and everybody's. You can't hide what's right in front of me. This is a child yelling at the I parent. know what that police, I know what that police officer did was wrong. This is the child speaking to the mother. Go with your instincts on this one. Racial justice is possible. Okay, geez, you don't have to yell. This is a book explaining to a child why to argue with your parents. Right. What's really fascinating to me is how right. it's the opposite of, of Christianity. Yeah. Honor they father and they mother. This one is the mom's like, what are you talking about? I, I, I don't understand. No, yeah. mom, you're wrong. I know what really happened. Yes, and which is this constant theme. I'm so glad you picked up on that page because that's the theme that the kid knows better and the kid is now taught by the teacher who's going to teach him better than their ignorant parent. Now, here's where it all comes together. Because, sure, I referenced this uh, educational piece about Adolf Hitler and what he did to children. The communists did the same thing. They wanted right. the children snitching on their parents. Yes. So the parents would be sitting there reading the paper saying, ah, Stalin, and turn the page, and the kid would go, oh, and then run to school. My dad said this, and then the right. dad's in the gulag. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so many of the parents that are in my the school that my son just graduated from, they survived the Cultural Revolution. And so... They said they watched kids snitch on their parents. Oh, yeah. And they see, tra- they have traumatic memories back to that experience. So I just searched it again. It was 1966 to 1976 that the Cultural Re- Revolution happened. Maoism then, of course, continued and continued, has continued its tyranny. But this is what we're getting. It's th- this book's really uh, quite uh, an amazing piece of propaganda for children. Right. In an earlier segment, the little girl is reading and it says, in the United States of America, white people have committed outrageous crimes against black people for 400 years. All along, every step of the way, people who love justice and love each other have been fighting back. You know, they take a morsel of truth. Right. right? This history, this, this country has its bad history, as do most right. countries. I mean, look at the, look at the history of an, any European yeah. nation and see the yeah. horrible things they did. Any nation. Especially. Any, but I would say any nation. Right. India look, look. has had tyranny by its own people. Af- countries in Africa have yeah. had tyranny the word, in Latin America. The, what was it? The, the word slave comes from Slav? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's fascinating. What this book is doing is it's outlining what children should do after they've been indoctrinated by the cult, mem- the cult uh, worshippers at these schools. After they start teaching the, ch- the children these things and, 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 and demonizing the country, demonizing their own parents, the book then goes on to explain how the child should yell at their parents about how they were lied to, how they don't feel good, how they do see color. Yeah. They're going to indoctrinate your kids and then use books like this so the kids have a game. Have a, they, they're indoctrinated not only on what to believe, but how to react to their parents when right. their parents challenge them. Yeah, and what they basically are doing, like for example, in um, a St. Louis uh, suburb, the curriculum design person literally wrote a memo to the other teacher saying, this is the stuff that you should hide from the curriculum. Wow. Online. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This, this, this book, you, got, well, you should go through the whole thing. exhibit A, right? Every I mean, look at yeah. the first page is when grownups tried to hide scary things from kids. Oh, no, not again. What? Mom, what not again? She says, uh, who is that with their hands up? Why is that policeman screaming at him? Right. As if to imply the parents secretly know what's going on, but don't tell their children. Right. And and it's always a conspiracy of silence that the parents are perpetuating that the teacher now will break. And, of course, there are teachers. We're getting leaks from teachers all over the country. We have teachers who are just so afraid of speaking up. 
one great, one awful example, Portland, Oregon, a suburb, Beaverton. We got a leak from a teacher that they had an equity seminar. And at the equity seminar, one of their equity warriors, who's a teacher, told the others that they had to go along with all of this anti-racism or evolve and evolve or dissolve. Lose their jobs. They should. Well, walk away. Stop doing yeah. it. That's a, it's such a tragedy, you know, that there are people of conscience who really do not believe in any of this. And right now their livelihood is on the line. Yeah, we got a dark future heading towards us. No, uh, we do not because <laughs> we are fighting back. That's okay. what I want to tell you. I'm, I am literally standing here, like sitting here, the embodiment of a mom who just captures, you know, the uh, stories from morning till night. We do it. We are thousands of parents you know those school board meetings that you're seeing it's happening because courage is contagious yes well let, let, courage is contagious let's hope bannon was correct when the parents see this stuff they will step up and yell out they are yelling out but but i will say there are a lot of people online they say they're scared to use their real names they're scared to use their actual photos they're scared to speak up at work because they'll lose their jobs People respond to me saying, Tim, you don't have kids. You have no idea what it's like. I'm not going to risk my family over this. Right. I know. And my response is, but you are. When your, when your little girl comes home calling you the bigot and the monster, when she turns 16 and she's reading all of the stuff and she says, you're evil, you're evil and nasty and runs away and hates your guts. When your child grows up, grows up in a world being told that they're evil and an oppressor, why would you sacrifice the, 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 the world that your children are going to be inheriting? But I get it. I suppose people are scared and would rather put food on the table and have their kid grow up in a gulag for resisting than to actually stand up now and fight hard to 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 succeed. I get it. It must be scary. I'm not going to pretend like I know what it's like to have kids, but I can certainly tell you, you've got a stack of books. How many books is this? 15? I know. And we left books back in yeah, the car, right? Yeah, we them all in. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole bunch of them. But the thing is, I want to just tell you that the parents are figuring out ways. You know, what's happening is they are setting up Instagram pages like woke at da 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 school fill in the blank mm-hmm. and exposing what's happening. They're sending us secret tips, you know, with and they do check the box that they want to be anonymous, but they're getting the information out, the documentation. I wouldn't I wouldn't know about not my idea except that a mom wrote to us about it, you know, and said this is messed up. So that's where like a single whistleblower, right, then allows us to share it with the world. And that's where every single parent I think has so much uh possibility of power whether or not you know they take the big risks because there are some people who will take more risks than others and can but 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 i think everybody's got a role so so do you want to tell people your site where people can send this stuff sure yeah please go to defendinged.org and um and it's really simple form folks can fill it out and we have moms working around the clock chasing down these tips awesome so let's uh, let's draw this conversation out of the schools and into what manifests in the real world. We we mentioned this earlier on this uh, uh, Gwen Berry, Olympic athlete, goes viral because she's third place hammer thrower for the U.S. Olympic trials to join the team. She gets approved, and when the anthem plays, she looks all angry at the camera and you know doesn't salute or doesn't put her hand on her heart, and then she puts a shirt on her head saying "activist athlete." Just a few years prior, she was holding up the American flag with a smile on her face. We can see how this starts to manifest in the real world. We have a couple of these stories. First, squad member blasts July 4th celebrations. Black people still aren't free. This generated some controversy. 
Uh, Cori Bush, a Democrat, dismissed Independence Day Sunday as a holiday meant for white people before claiming the land is stolen land and black people still aren't free. We also have Maxine Waters, who is not a, a, a new member of Congress, been for a long time, drags the Declaration of Independence on July 4th. Maxine Waters, would she have? Uh, maybe she would have. But I kind of feel like she wouldn't have gone this far to criticize Independence Day were it not for the, the, the change in culture and the feeling that this is what you need to say to be accepted, to be approved of. Zuby, the rapper, has a thread and in it, he's like, here's some things I've learned over the past, you know, year or so. One of them is that people would rather be socially accepted than be right. People right. would, would rather sacrifice their principles if it means they will be socially accepted. Things like that. Yeah. He's correct. Well, it's tribal, right? And so it's that concept that I had to struggle with within the Muslim community. When you dare to challenge the orthodoxy, you get thrown out of the tribe. And we ended up, for example, in our community fighting for women's rights. My mom didn't get invitations anymore to the potluck dinners. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't want to go to their potluck dinners. And so that's the sacrifice that you have to make. For her? When, yeah. This is very she much. She was inspiring <clears throat> to me. Yeah. This, is, this is very much a cultural revolution. Yeah. And so the, uh, this next story I want to highlight, just a few of these. National Geographic tweets that July 4th fireworks are racist. Smoke targets communities of color. Then we have the story NPR dec uh, decries Declaration of Independence as document with flaws and deeply ingrained hypocrisies. What are they working for the crown now? They, they want us to return to the British Empire. One of the arguments made by many on the left is that if we never had independence, then the Slavery Abolishment Act of Parliament in 1833 would have affected the American colonies and ended slavery some 30 years sooner. Maybe. Or I argue that if the co if the southern colonies, or the, the southern states were still colonies of Great Britain, they would have actually pushed back and it would have caused the same level of conflict and strife and potentially even resulted in a war for independence. Yep. Or at the very least, it could have put pressure on the crown to wait because they were like, well, we have these colonies that produce for us. What people need to understand is that it may actually have been the American Revolution, which helped the UK end slavery in that if the crown was still taxing southern states and the states relied on slaves to produce, the crown may have been like, well, you, you know, we're making a lot of money over here. We can't just do it. Right. But who knows? We don't know for sure. But what I can say is when they come out with these nonsensical statements like fireworks are racist. Right. What they're, what's yeah. happening is they introduce Juneteenth. Then they disparage July 4th. I think Charlie Kirk mentioned it was with Evanston, Illinois, yeah. that got rid of their July 4th celebration, mm -hmm. but had a Pride and Juneteenth celebration. Yeah. And so it's the, it's this indoctrination of ideas spilling now into popular culture, right? Like, what is it that you can wear? What is it that you can't wear? How is it that you signal, you know, your amazing political correctness? And so this is the politics spilling into everyday life. And um, I walked by the... Uh, grocery store, the cereal aisle, and had the, you know, new cereal that's got all the multiple, yeah. Yeah, right? right? Yeah, For that's so weird. The pride cereal. Yeah, what? the pride cereal. I mean, so it's commercialization that's now chasing this new ideology, and um, and we have to just use our critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah, Kellogg's has a, a LGBTQ pride together cereal. Right. I'm not sure what it is. Is it just Fruit Loops? I don't know. Isn't it seem like it? I know. I that's it's exactly just, what it looks just like. Fruit Loops? That's kind of insulting. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just Fruit Loops. It looks like it. Yeah. But it's got all the characters together. And it's really fascinating when you see all these uh, corporations changing their logos. There's a really funny meme <laughs> where it's a bunch of uh, evil corporations from video games and movies. 
uh, with the rainbow logos, like Umbrella Corp. Yeah. <laughs> they make the zombies. Right. And they, the, the umbrella's got a rainbow on right. it. Right. <laughs> Aperture uh, Laboratories, which is the, the experimenting on humans, and it's a rainbow. Yeah. yeah, we get it. The massive multinational corporations are on our side, apparently. Yeah, I mean, this is the term that they call woke capital, right? The I, whole idea of the industry, corporate America, that's what I spent 15 years reporting at the Wall Street Journal. I loved covering marketing because marketing was basically propaganda. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. yeah. And propaganda is all this. I mean, you make it fancy, you make it colorful, you make it... read. You know, you, you confuse people, you end up and you end up selling your idea. We want to be optimistic that these conversations and the parents standing up will succeed. But I worry that it's, it's the average person doesn't care at all. Now, the point Bannon was making was that these moms are the average person who are standing yeah. up being like, what is this? So yeah. perhaps I think the important thing is not necessarily to be optimistic or pessimistic. Maybe just to be, Vigilant, right, um, right, and, and and pay attention, yes. and stay focused, and don't back down. Yeah, there's um, my favorite idea. Our president Nikki Neely said it on an interview a while ago that the price of freedom is vigilance, eternal vigilance. Yeah, yes. And I'll tell you, it really hit home this um, this Fourth of July weekend. I went to visit my parents in Morgantown, West Virginia. Oh. Went w- took my Uno cards because <gasps> I was going to play Uno with my dad. Well. And the PTSA at the school from where my son just graduated, Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology, we had four parents seize the ma- majority of the PTSA seats, and those four parents are against critical race theory. They're for merit. And guess what? The president-elect is the first black president-elect chosen for the PTSA, and he's wow. against critical race theory oh dear. because he wants merit. He doesn't want this, like, bigotry of low expectations. Who, who wants their kids to be told they can never succeed? Yeah. So <coughs> this weekend, the minority party, so to speak, the people who want to push critical race theory and uh, race-based admissions, they staged a coup. And they tried to basically unseat these parents who are trying to change the policy so that we can fight critical race theory in the school. I, I, and guess what? We won. Mm-hmm. We won. We defeated a coup. And I do vigilance. I, I do want to yeah. add a little bit of a good news into the mix because we can talk all negative and get all down and people yeah. are like, oh, man. But we got the story from Fox. Walmart shoppers break out into Star Spangled Banner over Fourth of July weekend in viral video. Yeah. The video is actually quite incredible. It's just people shopping. Right. When all of a sudden everyone's standing around in the aisles and they're singing the national anthem. Yeah. And that's in our hearts. You know, that is so in our hearts. And. We were, as parents this weekend, I didn't get to play my Uno. Harry didn't get to grill on time with his family. He was trying. But we were doing this because we love this country. And Yu Yan, she stood in Tiananmen Square to fight the oppression there. And this weekend, what did she do? She created beautiful graphics with flags of America talking about defending democracy you know, that's that's the fight. That's the vigilance. That's the vigilance that we're talking about. And and if every parent does it in whatever corner of the school system that they're in, wh- wherever you are in corporate America, wherever you are in uh, in your neighborhood, you know, uh, HOA that wants to now rule what sign you can put and you can't put the blue line, you know, flag up and all of this stuff, like you have to be vigilant and protect rights. 
I, re- I watched a, a little historical video about the Star Spangled Banner and what the song actually means. And I think a lot of people probably don't know this because I certainly didn't. That what does it mean with the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night the flag was still there. It was that as the bombs were exploding, the flashes of light, you could see then it. see the flag just very briefly. Yeah. And every time they would shell this, this, this town or this, this, this city or the fort, they would, they, they would still see the flag standing. It couldn't be knocked down. And in actual, uh, actually, as the story goes, it could be legend, but they say the shells were actually killing people. And the flag was knocked down several times. Finally, after the battle was over, when they went back to the fort and saw the flag still standing, it was being held up by the corpses of the men oh. who refused to back down. Right. That every time the flag would go down, they would lift it back up as they were getting shelled and then die on mm. the flag. Wow. That's what it meant. Yeah. It meant that there was an oppressive authority that did not, not respect the will of the people. And the people of this country said, we, we will not abide by this. We will fight for our freedoms. And now you have people who are using these morsels of truth, manipulations, lies, and constant negativity to try and take those freedoms away. Yeah. Arguing what? That uh, uh, it's bad yeah. that we had independence because the crown abolished slavery first. It's like, okay, be like the UK, I guess, with no guaranteed rights. Yeah. You know, they want to get rid of all these mascots and these names of people that they decided are on the incorrect side of history. But ultimately, we needed all of those folks to get to where we're at today. And maybe the journey wasn't perfect. Of course, it wasn't perfect. And there were injustices against all people. But you don't... The fundamental reason why I oppose critical race theory is because it rightly says that there was a hierarchy of human value, but it incorrectly now wants to bring a new hierarchy of human value to people. And that's just fundamentally immoral, unethical, and unacceptable. And that's what we have to fight. There, There is more good news. It's also kind of bad news, but we got some good news and some bad news. I got this story here from TimCast.com. San Francisco crime leads to reduced target hours. And not the biggest story in the world, but this is actually important. Right. Because of the massive wave of, of shoplifting. Yeah. Target and Walgreens have announced they're going to be closing around 6 p.m. Could before, you imagine that? Before dark. Before you Wait, get out of before work? Before dark, yeah. Wow. Or, yeah. you know, so, so you get out of work maybe at 5, you're going to make it to Target in time to get your groceries? Probably not, but this is part of the death spiral. The quality of life right. is dropping so rapidly in San Francisco. So let me talk about what this means in terms of good news and bad news. Well, basically, what you have in San Francisco is praxis. What they love to tweet about, they love tweeting this. These leftists, these, these, uh, uh, you know, communists, these Marxists, they will show a video of Antifa beating some old person and they'll put like a picture of a guy, the meme of the guy rubbing his face saying praxis. Like they love watching Antifa just brutally beat white people or something like that. Well, this is what it really looks like. San Francisco crumbles. 40% of San Francisco, San Francisco residents plan to leave due to quality of life, according to a poll. So here's, here's the good news. The good news is these things don't work and we still have a system in place where people can flee these things and their failures and that will strip a lot of the power away. It was perhaps easy in some of these places in Europe and in Germany because they were smaller or there were, weren't very many places to go. I mean, look, Russia and Soviet Union were very big, but the United States is very diverse in terms of ideology and there's always a place to rush to because right. it's not sweeping from the top down necessarily. It's from the bottom up. So as San Francisco implements these failing policies, people just leave. Yeah. Now, the bad news, the cities are failing, which is awful. Right. There's crime, there's homelessness. And then these people who vote in those politicians move to Texas, Ugh. where I, I, there was, there's, there's a thread from this, uh, this woman 
that it's actually really great. It's for, uh, Michelle Tandler says conservative Twitter is all over this. I highly recommend reading the quote tweets for a deeper understanding of how many, how many in America view SF, the left, etc. This individual actually points out as a Democrat that the cities are very much in trouble saying, you know, nobody is saying we are X percent up in this category. It's how they feel walking the streets. It's walking a stroller next to a tent that has a pile of bikes next to it. It's being screamed at or chased by someone who seems mentally unstable. What I'm seeing is that there is a big enough incident. It shakes people up if there is. It could be seeing a robber try to climb through your child's bedroom, being pulled off your bike, having someone chase you with a pipe. These incidents shake people up and their friends too. Mm. Ultimately, I think the biggest responsibility of government is to protect people from one another. It is the place, it is, it is in place to protect us from assault, theft, robbery, etc. Right now, the criminal justice system in SF is not working. It is allowing people to get high on very powerful drugs and terrorize one another, neighbors, stores. It is allowing rampant theft, burglary, car break-ins. It is allowing mentally unstable felons to stab elderly women. What do people say in response to these threats? Where are you moving to? I'm moving to Texas. No, don't. They're gonna, and they're gonna vote more of the same in. And change Texas potentially, right? Yeah. But people are moving with their feet, right? They're, they're making decisions with their feet. And I think at the ballot box, like, I'm confident that this is gonna impact, this issue is gonna impact gubernatorial race in Virginia, any races we have this year, and then the midterm election. This is, I I should read some more of this. Uh, She says, my whole life I've considered myself a proud liberal progressive San Francisco Democrat. Yeah. Today, I am ashamed of my city. I see smug ignorance of the laws and of unintended consequences, moral grandstanding, winning over data, logic, and facts, radical candidates winning elections unopposed, social justice warriors getting into government and wreaking havoc on neighborhoods, businesses, and children. What? Why have we been asleep at the wheel? Where is our sense of civic duty, civic pride? Is this who we want to be? Perhaps. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What these children are learning will at, will be the shock to the system of, of the moms. Maybe seeing SF become a, a, a poop proliferator <laughs> wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't live in San Fran. I don't care what they do. Mm-hmm. Then one day their kid comes home with this book and says, Mom, why did you lie to me, you racist? Right. Right. Why did you lie to me about who I am and what I am? And I can't trust you. Mm-hmm. And it's not just uh, typical parent-child debates or disputes. I mean, this is like essential to like the deceit. You know, that's what they're basically teaching is parents have been deceitful. I mentioned this several times in the past week or so, but it, but it is extremely relevant to this that uh, I went to a skate park and there was graffiti, Black Lives Matter. Which was fascinating to me because the graffiti I used to see growing up was very anti-establishment, F the system, things like that. Well, what's so comical is all you have to do, being an investigative reporter, I love to look at this thing called 990s, which are the IRS filings of 501c3 organizations. Mm. You look up Black Lives Matter movement, and they have millions of dollars in their coffers. They've got, as we know, their founders have mm. multi-million dollar you know, homes and mansions that they're spending on. Follow the money. Like, that's what I've had so much uh, 
thrill doing being a Nancy Drew in all these school districts following the money because when you actually look at how they're spending their money and how they're getting wealthy off of it, they're just corporations too. Yeah. They are. These books, I would imagine, you said that state funds are paying for these books and so these authors are getting paid out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jason Reynolds just got $8,000 for 45 minutes in Arlington, Virginia on a Zoom call. Wow. 8000 for yeah. a Zoom call. Wow. Yeah. But almost $200 a minute. Holy cow. That's the grift. That's I it. love it. I love yeah. when, when these leftists are like, uh, so this is really funny. Um, I got denied a, a home loan. I, I talked about it before. I, yeah, I heard. And uh, so finally I tweeted it was Navy Federal. Right. They sent me a letter in the mail with false credit information, which I'm very angry by. And, of course, as it goes in today's modern era, they they will ignore you. They will not, you know. So I tweet about it knowing this is how you get their attention. Right. Of course, they responded immediately. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people mentioned how they wouldn't respond to them because they don't have millions of followers or whatever. But one person said, Tim Pool is grifting. He's just trying to get people angry at Navy Federal to make money or something. And I'm like, what? I'm who's, just a- who's got beef with Navy Federal? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. But, but here, here's, here's the point I'm trying to make, not to rehash the old story. These leftists are using grift as a preemptive shield to accuse their opponent of that of which they do in an effort to say, oh, he's only calling me a grifter because I called him out for it. Now he's trying to deflect. Right. No, the reality is if I wanted to make money, why wouldn't I shill for Amazon.com yeah. and yeah. Walmart.com yeah. and the massive NGOs? Why put myself on uh, in the out group, in the resistance fighting against the machine? Right. The machine is safe. The machine promises you treasure in exchange for your obedience. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Twitter, Jack uh, Dorsey gave Ibram Kendi. He didn't have enough money already making $20,000 an hour. So he got $10 million for his anti-racism center. I mean, that's a lot of money, right? That could go into building schools, into developing programs. And sure enough, it didn't matter though. He gets his 10 million one month and the next, next month he collected $20,000 for an hour. Is this Jason Reynolds guy? You said he got paid 8,000 for a Zoom call. Was that, uh, state funds that he got paid? That was Arlington County public school money right across the border here. Your tax dollars at work, your property taxes at work. Yeah. And then, uh, the kids got his book. They got uh, the 45 minutes with him. And and who paid for it, though? You know Apparently who gave him the money? Um, Amazon gave them money. <laughs> wow. So we got a tip because all of a sudden these kids were getting these books. And this mom's like, where did they get these books? So in this case, we discovered that Amazon's public affairs guy called the diversity equity inclusion guy at uh, Arlington Public Schools suburb of DC and said we can get you hot spots we can get you Wi-Fi and the guy said no we want this book we want 45 minutes on zoom with this guy wow. so they it's they picked K- the Kendi instead of Kindles just a minor correction it's diversity inclusivity <laughs> I equity. Know, exactly yes. die right I love it I love it we they, gotta they rebrand chose those it. words yeah we gotta rebrand it that's the game they play it's, don't fight on their territory yeah it's called it, the die cult I love it it is the die cult and I, I, these guys are killing I America call it critical race praxis but then we'll just call it CRP, but we can just call it CRA. Yeah, there you go. We'll just call it crap. Yeah, Critical race right. applied praxis. They're yeah. perfect. Yeah, well, race is RA, so the A can just be yeah, in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, basically, we got to use their words against them. And I, I, I completely. It's so important that we focus on that it's the praxis and not the theory that's being taught. Yeah. They're not teaching about the theory, they're indoctrinating and making people behave 
with that theory as they study all sorts of yeah. stuff. So this is the theory, right? Right here. This is the Bible. This is their their. Yeah, you love this. <coughs> this is this is. Oh yeah, all I, I love to back up Chris Rufo because who, who was um, right on Joanne Reed's show? Kimberly Crenshaw is yes. in there, and then who are you going to read from now? This is. I'm going to read uh, Crenshaw. Yep. So she's the mother of intersectionalism, the one who decides that Zionist feminists are not feminist enough. Amazing. So I wonder if there's a, a little bit more context I could read, but um, I'll just read one very simple portion. It says, uh, principally organized by Kimberly Crenshaw, Neil Gatanda, and Stephanie Phillips, the workshop drew together 35 law scholars who responded to a call to synthesize a theory that, while grounded in critical theory, was responsive to the realities of racial politics in America. Indeed, the organizers coined the term critical race theory to make it clear that our work locates itself in the intersection of critical theory and race, racism and the law. What does that mean? Critical theory is essentially a, a Marxist philosophy, uh, oppressor and oppressed. And what the, the critical race theorists were basically saying was they didn't think Marx understood the realities of racism in America, that it was easy in this small insular country and uh, um, homogenous country to say it's class. It's the wealthy and the poor. It's the worker and the bourgeoisie. It's the proletariat. In the United States, race plays this role. So they decided to take that that framework and apply race to it. So it is very much rooted in Marxist critical theory, ideology, etc. There's, there's a bunch of other components to this as well. The Frankfurt School, it goes on. But when, when Joanne Reed says to Christopher Rufo, it's not Marxist, it's right. not true, she's lying. Ibram Kendi said yeah. critical race theory is a huge component of his work and anti-racism and what it means. Yeah. They're trying to hide from you what's really going on. Yeah, and so this book is published 1995, okay? Yeah. Long before any of this trickles down into our K-12 through schools. And she had had the workshop that Tim just read about was in the 1980s at Harvard Law School with Derek Bell. Oh, in uh, fact, uh, yeah. in, in fact, I could be wrong. I believe the Ford I read was from Cornell West. Oh, okay. All right, great. So uh, Faces at the Bottom of the Well became, it's written by Derek Bell, uh, the, yeah. the godfather of critical race theory at Harvard. Actually, can you, can you, yeah, you want to check it? I want to double check. Um, so, so this, you know, this argument that they've been putting forward that critical race theory is not taught in schools, one, it's being debunked okay, no, no, now. It, it is Kimberly Crenshaw. Okay, great, yeah, great. Was, it's good to check the facts. Kimberly, Kimberly Rowe, that's the intro. Yeah. Um, but so it has been a long journey. You know, and it is a long, it has been a long journey since the 1970s when it was first formed and in that workshop that you read. They were the architects of it in 1980s. The book gets published in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. And now, wow, what do we have? Notebooks and stamped workshops for kids. You know, it's, it's diabolical and it's genius because it's so insidious, mm-hmm. but, but ultimately it's, it's um, evil. I mean, it yeah. really is evil. Let me show you a, the perfect example of how insidious it is. And, and, and what do I mean by insidious? Slowly creeping. Yeah. A nefarious takeover. Yeah. What do you, what do you think when you, when, you know, when the left argues against this? They say, oh, critical race theory is not based on Marx and they lie. Not being taught in schools. We've just proven throughout the course of this podcast that those are lies. We have the book right here. Critical theory is the base for critical race theory. It's obvious they call it critical race theory. Right. Frankfurt School. Uh, Marxism, etc. They say that, you know, they're fighting racism. And here's one of my favorite lies. This right here is from Chris Murphy. Chris Murphy is a U.S. senator from Connecticut with a million followers. Chris Murphy is either dangerously stupid, a cult member himself, or a grifter. 
He says, stop the woke mob with a photograph of civil rights. And they're saying, um, you know, here's one, you know, we demand, uh, we demand uh, an end to, what does it say, racial prejudice or something, or police brutality. UAW says, end segregated rules in public schools. Oh. Stop the woke mob. I'm pretty sure if you go to any intellectual dark web progressive or liberal or conservative and ask them, do you agree with that sign and segregated rules in public schools? They will tell you, yes, of course we do. Why would we want to stop this mob of people we agree with? And here's my here's my response. A clown emoji highlighting UAW says and segregated segregated rules in public schools and a photo. I believe this was from Seattle. It could be wrong where they have a diversity, equity, inclusive inclusivity session for people of color and next to it for people who are white. Right. They are segregating. This is what we are complaining about. Share these things with with your friends and family who don't believe you, who think, but they're just trying to teach the history of racism and Republicans right. are trying to ban it. No, yeah. we're trying to make sure that when they teach the history of racism, they don't encourage more of it like Ibram Kendi does. Yeah, and so we just filed a thing that you're allowed to do in this country that I don't even know about called a civil rights complaint with okay. the Office of Civil Rights. It's with the Department of Education, and it was for Wellesley, Massachusetts, public schools. So we all know about the tragedy in Atlanta of the women and men also who were shot and murdered, right? Many of them Asian. So Wellesley Public Schools, this one school, decides that they're going to have a healing space. So you always love your healing space, right? And you'd like to go, you'd like to go, because this was a shocking story. White's not welcome. I mean, to be fair, you know, you and I are both Asian, yeah. so we should we should just make sure Lydia and Ian can't <laughs> yeah, do it. Exactly. You, know, you guys, you guys, because you know what, it was not my idea. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I have in the car, you know, another incarnation of this that I didn't get to bring up. Oh, but, we should have brought um, it all in. My it's bad. for it's for you in particular, where they now have uh, hoodies. White womanhood is white supremacy. <laughs> Because they gotta oh go boy. after you, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. we, we I'm screwed. It's all my yeah. fault. We do have this other story. This is funny. Parents at exclusive fifty-seven thousand dollar a year all girls private Manhattan school, right? That counts Gwyneth Paltrow and Katie uh, and Carrie Washington among alumni reject apology after video mocking white women was shown to students. They're going to keep doing this stuff. Yeah, they are. Until people say no more, you know, that this is unacceptable, this is values that we don't believe, and they can't. The, the thing that <clears throat> the thing, thing that we've learned is that you cannot be shamed because the, their tactic of silencing people is to shame you. And people have to be unapologetic in who they are and what they believe and not allow shame to silence them. That's why I like what you're doing. It lets people around the world really organize to show like what's crazy in their you know, sector, because if they come out one at a time, they get the, the vehemence, they get t- the target and then they get shamed. Right. But if everyone's coming up together, yeah, can't, we're in it together. There's no, sh- then you actually don't feel shame when there's other people that are also, you know, feeling your vibe for the yeah. most part. Yeah. You, you, know, you know, one of the biggest problems I think is, is that you look at the groups that are willing to stand up. It's just identitarians. You know, you've got the alt-right who are going out and marching and getting attacked or whatever, or like, you know, white nationalists and whatever will, will come out and they'll fight people. And not so much relative to the left. The left will go out with their, you know, uh, surely in protest, many of them wear masks, don't want, to know, don't want anyone filming. But in their workplace, they'll wear masks that, that, that say like Black Lives Matter. They mm-hmm. will refuse to take them off. They'll uh, uh, wear shirts. They'll get in trouble. They say, we don't care. They stand up. They yell. They're secretly going into schools. They are actively infiltrating government institutions. Right. And so what do you end up with? Regular 
classically liberal-minded Americans, people who believe in the Founding Fathers, aren't doing all that much. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, yeah, we are. We're fighting. I am one of those people. You know, I am always voted Democrat. I'm a liberal. I'm classic liberal, a feminist, you know, all of these, quote, identities. And um, I'm I'm fighting it in the same reason why we fought in our Muslim community and keep fighting for reform of those bad ideas, because these are ultimately bad ideas. It's starting to come up. I think it's cause for hope and optimism, especially... You know, with the school season coming up, we'll see how things play out because it really did explode over the past year. But what I mean to say is you'll see Antifa go out and beat people. Yeah. You'll see in some circumstances, you know, there was one recent thing I guess happened in Philadelphia where some group came out. I don't know a whole lot about it, but you don't see moms marching against critical race theory in the streets. Maybe yet. So maybe maybe that change needs to come this year and then maybe we'll see it in the next spring or, or fall. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Needs to happen. Yeah. You know, more people need to go be at work and say no to these, these, these racist programs. Yeah. When you get, you have to, you know, choose an, you know, their new buzzword, affinity group is their <gasps> new buzzword, right? For yeah. segregation. You have to say no to it. And you have to say that I don't believe in segregation. And, you know, this, uh, taking men out of Lockheed, right? For their white supremacy retraining camp. Like they have to say no to this. Yeah. Did you see the Sacramento public school system document where they said they were want, they wanted white children to form white affinity groups to understand their history right. and shared culture? Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. that does not sound like anti-racism. Right. No. <laughs> or I suppose it does sound like anti-racism. Yeah. It, I, I guess anti-racism is just code word for being racist because they support the same things. Yeah. I mean, it really is racism. Like anti-racism is racism. Critical race theory is racism. Like that's where we have to be straight up about it. Anytime it's, it's you like, judge people by the color of their skin, it's racism. It's like flammable and inflammable. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, that, right. What? Right. They mean the same, the same thing. thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, and you know, the real hope that I have is that, that people are running for school board races now that, that, you know, Techno- that uh, strategy that they had to bring people into local office. Parents are picking that up. They're doing it. Do, don't you love it that the school systems, the um, educators, they're getting angry at parents because we're filing Freedom of Information Act requests. Mm. They're like, oh, no, how dare you actually use your your, citizen, your right as a citizen to demand contracts and curriculum. And so they're going after parents for that. But but parents are doing it. They're filing these com- these uh, requests. I think it's time we start calling them critical race application practice sessions. Or yes. uh, uh-huh. we, we, we can maybe do a little bit. Right, right, right. Craps. 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 I don't know. I don't, maybe that's bad because craps is a fun game. At the yeah, yeah, yeah. Crap only, not craps. I think cra- critical yeah. race praxis. I like the praxis word. Yeah. Because this, critical race theory is not racist. Studying critical race theory isn't racist. You're studying the tenets of critical race theory. You're learning it. You're learning it. But integrating the praxis into your behavior mm-hmm. is inherently racist. I got it. Call it yeah. critical race in practice. 
Yeah, oh, that's crazy. a nice one. I Crips. like that. Crips. Yeah. And then see when all the gang members are like, nah, I don't <laughs> nah, You see that video so. from the, there was a video from the salon where this like Mexican dude, or, or I guess was fighting and people were saying that he was like a gang member or something like that. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true or whatever. There might be, be people being racist because the guy was like Mexican. Mm-hmm. They're like, he's a gang member because he's bald or something like that. Right. <laughs> but I, I, I do know that um, in Chicago, a lot of the Latin kings, very religious. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine a lot of the older, you know, members are not going to like what they're doing, what they're doing to these kids. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there's so much, uh, um, you know, uh, Kool-Aid that they're forcing kids to drink. And they, I mean, what parent wants that? Because especially if you have a pride in your identity, you don't actually want people to start saying that you are the oppressed, right? Like you are trying to actually teach your child that you are empowered and you can do whatever you want to do. And so there's a mom named Norma. She came from Peru and she is just so angry that they are making such assumptions about Hispanic kids, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah. She's like, this is insulting. And, and I don't, uh, I don't, uh, she says, I don't, um, hate Asian kids that might be going into this school. I actually learn from them. Like, what is it that their parents are teaching them that about good values? There's this viral tweet, I guess, where someone said that English is the colonizer's language and to speak Spanish or whatever. Yeah. People are like, uh, Spain? Like, what do you, like, they were the conquistadors, <laughs> right, dude. Right. It was brutal. Yeah. And, you know, there's such myopia in this telling of, quote, truth. A few weeks ago, I went to one of the protests by the social justice educators of D.C. Oh, my. Yeah. And there they were chanting like a cult, I pledge to teach the truth. And it's their truth. That's the problem. Some people are saying critical race at practice. Mm, nice, I like that. Crap, like crap that. sessions. Yeah, right. Okay. Crap. They're teaching crap to our <laughs> children. Yeah. language. What do you, yeah. no, don't call it crap. It's critical. No, no, no. It's critical race at practice. I love the. Cr- yeah. I love the creativity because basically <laughs> we've got to. How do you? How do you dismantle propaganda? Right. Play With, by their yeah. Rules? Yeah. You make better exactly. propaganda. Yeah. Also, yeah. well, when I was counter propaganda, right? When I was at the skate park, I mean, uh, I see these little kids and they're sitting, you know, and they got all this graffiti propaganda of black lives matter and other woke nonsense and then me and my friends started laughing about like what loser is going to come out here and be like walmart what up like i'm repping walmart.com and the kids there hear us mocking the ideas that's what you need you need to go there and basically be like i'll tell you what happens you go to a skate park and you see a bunch of kids and the 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 alpha kid you know the kid who's good is going like yo black lives matter yo but then when a pro shows up Someone who's older and really good, and they do a tray flip crook down the ten rail. That all the kids are like, "Oh!" And then he starts making fun of the kids for their stupid propaganda. Those kids will change their tune in two seconds. Yeah, so, but then that that pro has to have the courage, right, to and be they able don't. to do that. And they That's don't. The challenge is yep. then they're afraid of losing their sponsorships, their endorsements, and all the rest. All it takes is for some um, charismatic individuals to be there to to be to inspiring young people and telling them to get away from that propaganda you don't even got to yeah. be doing tray flip i listened to your interview with candace owens and she said and you said also that you get so many phone calls right and so many conversations yeah. with so the quote a list that is afraid to come out of the closet in yeah, their been, criticism been, but but I, they believe it they be, in, they they counter this belief i was in, i was invited to a couple like a list or hollywood parties and i was like why would you, why would, why? Like, why would I go to this? And they're like, oh man, it's like, it's low key, you know, you don't got anything to worry about. 
And I'm like, I don't have anything to worry about. It's right. you guys. You're scared right. to speak up. Right. There's like a, it was, it was, it was like TV show A list. It wasn't like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. or anything like that. It's like a bunch of people who are in prominent shows. We're going to be at this Hollywood party. And I was just like, I, 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 the idea that, you know, with all due respect, I'm going to come out and have a good time and laugh and, 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 you know, break bread and have a beer with you guys. When you're sitting here saying, we completely agree, but we will never defend you publicly. I'm like, I'm not cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it is tough. And I, uh, you know, now I don't know about you all, but like, I am just, um, surround myself with folks who are challenging this kind of ideology because I don't want to be dragged down by people who are just hemming and hawing and, and cowardly really in society. Like I get it because I went, I've reported in Pakistan and in Afghanistan, you know, and Saudi Arabia where extreme identity politics kills, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I really fear for America. Like we are headed in that direction and I don't want that. Like when you were talking about the target closing at six o'clock, I thought to myself, man, that's what happens like in war zones, right? That's what happens. That's what would happen in a country like Pakistan because it's dangerous after dark. And that's where sectarianism kills. And and all the immigrants from Lebanon, Iraq, you know, Egypt, like they understand the dangers of this. China. Yes. Eastern Europe. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's read some super chats and see oh, yes. what the audience has to say. If you haven't already. Give that like button a little tap. Show your support. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends and uh, get your super chats. And we're going to start reading as much as we can. And uh, we'll we'll read your opinions on critical race at practice, or crap, as it's called. Yeah, that's right. Nayslayer says, I'm dubbing July 5th through November 10th Gadsden flag appreciation season. Fly it to show your red-pilled status between Independence Day and Veterans Day. I put my flag out this morning. Like Someone it. sent me the ANCAP Gadsden flag. Oh. It's really cool, but I'm not an ANCAP, but I still like the flag, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to put it up, Is I it guess. Is it like half black? It's black and yellow. Oh, nice. It's, so it's yellow, and you know, it's like it's split in the middle. Sweet. And I'm like, you know... It's a good flag. I like the Ganson flag. We need a flag. Nice. Yeah. Rodzilla, this is an earlier super chat, said, uh, they are not teaching CRT. They are applying it, mm. applying its principles. Uh, oh, critical race applied principles. Great. There we go. It's, it's crap it's all around. Up. That's right. Yeah. They're, they, they, they are implementing critical race applied principles. Don't right. step they're in implementing crap. crap. <laughs> implementing crap. That's right. <laughs> Like they San are Francisco. flushing crap down your children's <laughs> this is, throats. This is how great ideas are born. That's right. <laughs> this is it right Critical here. race. Happened. Critical oh, race practice. applied principles. Yep, yep. There you go. Beautiful. Like it. Cecil Rhodes says the left it, leftists are so extreme that normies are starting to notice in mass looking for an answer and the right stands waiting with that solution. Yep. Yes, mm. perhaps. All right. I'll fight you naked, says the woke are creating a backlash of white racism to counter their anti-white racism. When they have sufficient numbers, the woke will turn to the rest of us and unironically say, we told you they are racists. We will say, no, you made these people. There's a meme that goes around where it's a bunch of people who are white being yelled at and demonized. Mm -hmm. And then all of those people then stand next to each other and then they yell at them. Why are you forming a racist group? Wow. Group, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it is creating division. That is what I know and I can see and fear amongst people that would never have even questioned each other's relationship. Isn't that sad? Yeah. 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 The Civic Nationalist says, I would like to say a good 4th of July, despite being belated. Even though I am notoriously pro-monarch, I think that the U.S. is the embodiment of Locke's ideas and how it can work. Mm. God save the queen and God bless the USA. Much respect the civic nationalist. Perhaps what needs to happen is the good uh, Locke-inspired Americans should storm the beaches of 
What's a what's a good beach in the UK? I don't know. I don't know. Lon- London, <laughs> Dover. No, that was Newquay. No I've been to Newquay. And, and <laughs> okay, liberate okay. <laughs> you from not the crown, but from the lack of a written constitution and oh. the oppression of these these. I guess I don't know a crappy parliament. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know we got some of our own issues. So. Yeah, I want us to fix America's. Yeah. Miles Kinslow says, hey, guys, there's a woman named Gabrielle Clark fighting CRT with a landmark case. Please hear her story. We'll appreciate it so much. Absolutely. She's a mom in Nevada, and her son is multiracial. That's right. I remember the story. And he had to choose there in the classroom, you know, and was white passing. And so he had to carry the sins of whiteness upon his back. And thank goodness she fought back. She filed a lawsuit, and she's fierce. Let me look yeah. Right on. Internet's acting up a little bit, but we'll read anyway. Arcyon says, Tim, as an interracial, interracial man, did you ever experience racism from your Asian side of the family against your white side? Many Asians are racial purists. Not in my family, uh, although I hear that down the family line, racism was uh, pre- prevalent in the, in the Asian side of my family. But uh, I think it's prevalent there's, there's everywhere. A- there's only so far back I can go. I can go in the Korean side of my family, though, because of the war and because of you know the splitting of Korea and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. not a whole lot I can I you, can say to that. You go back two generations, pretty much everybody was racist. Yeah, yeah I mean, what I find yeah. really offensive intellectually about the argument that white people have a monopoly on racism is that we know in every other part of the world that racism exists: brown people against black people, black people against brown people. Black people against white people. I mean, it just goes on and on South in circles. Yeah. It's just power. It's yeah. power. We got a bold one. Raptor's Talon. He's heated. He says, I warned my parents about CRT. Um, well, to be, to, to, just to clarify real quick, it's, it's critical race, at, uh, uh, applied, <laughs> applied principles. principles. Yeah. Correct. I told my family that this was coming. And what did they say? Oh, that will never happen in Oklahoma. Mm. Oh, that won't happen in our school. Mm. Well, how about now? I told everyone how this stupidity was infiltrating the school system all the while these SOBs said I was overreacting. Have fun. This is all caps, by the way. I, yeah, it was all caps. <laughs> I know how you feel, man. Um, I've repeatedly warned about certain things that have happened, and uh, people don't, don't pay attention. You just you got to say, look, you said this crap wasn't going to happen, mm. but this crap is happening. I mean, you just got to tell them. Yeah, and you just, you just say I was ahead of my time, and you've got to yeah. pay attention to me you, now. You, you, know, you know what you do? It's really, really simple. Get them when, a copy when, of that when, crazy when, Book. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. When you when you approach these people who are indoctrinated as their enemy, they lock down. Mm-hmm. You approach them as a friend. It's all about the tone. The, the 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 three principles are rapport, extreme, and turn. In this instance, I'll give you something very simple. You say we're here to teach people about the history of racism. These Republicans, they're so awful. Mm. We're going to be teaching people about critical race applied principles, and so we would like your kids to come to the session. Right. And then, we literally, what we are teaching C R A P, and they're like, "Wait, <laughs> it says you're teaching our, our kids crap." You go. Oh, <laughs> well, well, I mean, uh, that's, that's, you don't call it that. Right. Crap right. therapy. And right. then when they're like, but, what? But you got the idea. This is going to happen on yeah. your road show. Teaching. This is what yeah. I envision. Critical You're going to expose crap everywhere. They're teaching so. crap in schools. It's about time. Critical yeah. race applied principles. Yes. It's funny because that is a better way to describe it. it Criti- is. Critical race theory is like a legalist's right. an- analyzing right. of the law. Right. It's but what they're practice. doing is they're applying its principles. So the schools are implementing crap. Yeah. Critical race applied principles. Yeah. That's good that you chose that too because the practical definition, the literal actual definition of praxis mm-hmm. is the application of a theory. 
as right. Right. an applied yeah. principle. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. Crap's perfect. It is. You got it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, we nailed crap. it. <laughs> they are teaching crap to our children. Thomas Crapper, who invented the uh, the toilet, I believe. Oh, yeah? Did he? <laughs> I'm going to have to fact check. That's right. That crap. A white supremacist. Wow. Oh, for if sure. If I ever saw yeah. one. Naturally. Right. Yeah. All right. Gabriel McLeod says, CRT seems to imply that a society has made no progress. If that were true, we would not be able to identify how absurd it is when juxtaposed against objective reality. Mm. The point of CRT is not to have a discussion as discussion leads to resolution. Uh, just for moving forward, I'm going to replace all instances of CRT mm-hmm. with CRAP yes. because I want to make sure we're being accurate. And I, I know it's funny that we're making fun of it, but in reality, I've said when you mention they're teaching critical race theory in schools, they say, what book have they ever brought up by right. Derek Bell or Kimberly Crenshaw? Right. You're lying. It's because they're teaching crap. Critical race applied pra- principles. Yep. Yeah. They're just hiding the, the, you know, ball, so to speak, and we have to call it out. That's right. Black Rock Beacon says, just moved from PA to Florida. I had to have the talk with my young daughter about how public school is a tool to indoctrinate her in radical ideology, destroy her individuality, and turn her into an obedient worker in the tax mines for the elite class. Wow. Yes. And what I say is, you know, get some of these bad books also and read them yourself so that share it with your kids so that they can be educated about how they are going to be miseducated. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So they have a self-awareness. Yes. Cult uh, Wareth says these critical race theorists, I wish I could make them see the path, but tempting as that sounds, I'll have to pass. Oh, well, I do think you need the full context of that quote for it to apply here properly, because this way it just kind of sounds like you're saying you're not going to even bother trying to talk to people. But for those who are not familiar, it's actually a lyric from my song where it's, I wish I could save them and make them see the pass, make make them see the path, but tempting as it sounds, I'll have to pass. I know what's needed for the good of my people to save them. So the line is basically saying, instead of teaching people what, you know, the the, 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 the line from that song is the critical race theorist. It's the, it's the indoctrinator saying, instead of explaining it, I'm going to lie, cheat, and steal because I know what's best for everyone else. Mm. But uh, I appreciate the, the call. The ends justify the means in the mind right. of the psycho. If you haven't already seen it, you should check out Will of the People by Tim Poole. On, uh, you can search for it on YouTube. You'll find it. It's a song. Almost a million views. We're going to break a million views soon. Nice. That's fantastic. It's also on Amazon and iTunes. I have one song that's published, but I have like 50 Sorry. billion songs we've never published. Oh. Coming soon. That's great. Yeah, yes. Really good ones. Culture. Very nice. Gregory Nicholas says, critical theory is infecting FL as we speak. Through South FL Chamber of Commerce. Tim, how should one report or document what they see? Through the Chamber of Commerce, he said? <clears throat> so, where is South FL? What is he talking about? South Florida. So, oh, it's just South Florida Chamber of Commerce. So, you know, what I say is that folks have to expose and educate the community. If, it, if he sees it and he doesn't want to go on record about it, he needs to call the local reporter and show them this story. Tell them I'm a whistleblower. I want to be not for attribution. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to use the means that are out there. Um, if he has the ability, he can write his own column for the local paper mm-hmm. and expose it. You know, yes. that's what I'm saying. Like, what you guys are doing, too, with your journalism vision, right, is empower people to be able to spread the truth as we see it right before our eyes. So you, you, I'm looking forward to that dispatch out of South Florida. Yes. Right on. Logan Culver says, Tim, I can no longer type in chat. I get a notification that says I can't because I subscribed to this channel while watching a video made for kids. Weird. Have you tried unsubbing and then resubbing maybe? 
He says, I get an error when hitting the notification bell. WTF is going on. Hmm. Uh, I call it pressure. It's, it's not banning someone, but you put your thumb on the scale to make it harder. Mm. And then over time, the channel dwindles and dies, not because you banned it, but because you're strangling it slowly. It seems to have something to do with uh, the setting where now you have to be subscribed to the channel to chat, to type in the, the real-time chat. That's it was nuts. the day we turned that on is when people started getting oh. that message. Mm. Yeah, but that's clearly not an issue that's supposed to be happening. So YouTube's going to say it's an error. Obviously, it's affecting some channels and not others. Mm. Very weird. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Sonny James says, will someone tell me the difference between Marx and Hitler besides minor details? Both believed in centralized control of the banks. One believes in the Aryan, the other in the Ubermensch. The language for totalitarianism is here, essential and non. I mean, they have the similarities in their differences. That's why I say it's, it's really dumb when people compare everyone to someone else. When they're like, you're a fascist or you're a commie. It's like, bro, they're the, the, whether or not they determine the state should provide you health care is less relevant to the fact they're going to throw you in a camp Marx, and execute your family. Marx was yeah. very wealthy. He was born super wealthy. I know mm-hmm. that. Hitler was born, I think, of modest means and mm-hmm. served in World War One. basically had his psychology, his his mind blown out, running from trench to trench. Right. Which he had like, what do what they, what they call that? Um, shell shock. You know, yeah. he was like nuts PTSD. after World War One. So that that they were very different in that respect. Yeah. But I think I, I also don't get lost in, you know, some people want to play, uh, like, who was the first philosopher? Where's the roots of all of this? Especially for moms and dads. I think the bottom line is this is crap. And we are not yep. going to accept it today. Like, it's, that's how I, complicated it is. I did to be. tweet about this. I said, uh, critical theory is extremely complicated. They made it that way on purpose. They right. do not want you to understand what they think. The only thing you need to say is, uh, heck no. Right. You just need to say no. Yeah. You need to learn to recognize it and just say no. Right. Exactly. You don't get into their game. Don't. Yeah. Don't play on their turf. Critical race applied principles. That's right. V Radio says we need to get this guest on Joe Rogan. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, well, that's uh, sure thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does uh, Ian, could you go on the roof and turn on the Rogan signal? Right, so exactly. I know. I didn't know you quick. guys had the back <laughs> cave <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. MSKGWD says, great show, Tim. I'm especially excited to see tomorrow's podcast. Men have chosen their paths after awakening to the dynamics of this modern society. Mm. Oh, interesting. Doobie McNasty says, Dr. Kellogg was a twisted dude. I'm not surprised the company took that step. His whole mission was to change that the peop uh change the people live and think. Mm. Yeah, the the invention of cornflakes. Do you know why he invented yes, cornflakes? I do. No. <laughs> I don't. He didn't want little boys to be, you Exploring? know Exploring. Just, you know, kinda sinning in private, if you know what I mean. What? Going blind. So he yeah. thought that cornflakes would stop that, I guess. Did so. it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Are you kidding? Yeah. N- they now teach it, you know, in elementary school. Oh, yeah, so, they do. They yeah. actually teach it. Mean, Come full circle. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah sure we're have. so advanced now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. that's great. BlackRock Beacon says, Navy Fed sold me a house, closed the contract, I moved in. 
Then after 30 days, they nulled the contract and kicked my active military family out the week before Christmas. No lawyer would take the case, even though they all agreed it was very illegal. I mentioned this when when I got denied from the loan because they sent me false credit information. That's why I'm I'm like, this is serious. I think it's illegal. You can't do that. But um, I mentioned I was wondering if they were insolvent. Like if the Mm. reason they're lying to get out of a small loan is because maybe after this past year – you know, a lot of people are like, the banks are flush with cash, Tim. It's not true. I'm like, well, maybe not this nonprofit, you know, this credit union. Some other people tweeted something similar that based on their experiences getting rejected or denied, they also thought maybe they're, you know, they've got more liabilities and assets and they're in serious trouble. And I'll tell you this. Um, I reached out to them and I said, I want this corrected. And they ignored me. Mm. I, 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 I'll put it this way. I hate the idea that in modern society, you have to have a massive following to be able to get any attention from massive corporations. That's not right. So the least I can say is there's a lot of people complaining about similar things, and hopefully this does something about it. Did you ask them if they were racist? No. I, 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 I <laughs> You can always throw that card out there. Right. Interesting. Yeah. As soon as the Korean guy exactly. comes in. <laughs> yeah, that they probably would have listened to. Yeah. I'm instead, just I, instead, I was like, uh, uh, I'm are an you guys honor broke? Right. <laughs> you guys insolvent? You can't <laughs> afford this? It's not even a big loan. Yeah. yeah. Michael Malone says, love your show, Tim. Would you, uh, would you consider having Jack of the Survival podcast on your show? Imagine Michael Mouse being a survival expert and a duck farmer in Texas. That would cover a couple of layers of Jack's personality. Sounds hilarious. Um, perhaps we'll take a look into it. <laughs> Zach Wilkerson says, your analogy to the rise of the Nazis in the 1930s is not correct. I was just watching a documentary about Hitler's rise to power and was getting spooked by the similarity of our situations. Mm. Oh, it's not incorrect. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I, I, I saw um, some tweets where people were like, you know, they, they tried to censor Hitler and, and, and ban him, and it, it didn't work in the long run. And I see what's going on with banning critical race theory, and right. I'm wondering if it'll work in the long run. Because even if—oh, oh, you know what? Let me rephrase this. I'll, I'll start from the beginning. Conservatives are not cool. Institutions are not cool. Mm-hmm. Politicians are not cool. Mm. Celebrities are cool. So the schools can say, we're banning this stuff. And you know what's going to happen? Right. The people teaching this can say, see, we were right. We told you this would happen. Yeah. They don't want to admit their privilege and their power. And then the kids who are spray painting and marketing up Black Lives Matter are going to see these celebrities being like, dude, the machine is fighting back. Keep fighting. We're the resistance. Yeah. Amazon.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what's happening. That is exactly what's happening because they are – uh, you know, turning the parent movement into a quote right wing conspiracy. They're dismissing sincere folks who are disturbed by these bad ideas. And then meanwhile, they now become the, uh, victim because of these laws. And so I, I like this is what all bad ideas have to be defeated by better ideas. And so ultimately, I, we don't think that banning will solve this problem, but we have to get enough people to decide that these are really bad ideas. All right. Mr. Mocha Lover says, I'm a small YouTuber that was live streaming a game called Hearts of Iron 4 yesterday, and the mod I was using had you leading your own small nation in a broken up USA. Your portrait in game gives you quite a thick beard. Can you grow one? <laughs> of course I can't grow a beard. I'm part Korean. Oh, that's not that's apparently why, I guess. That's rude. I can grow a neck beard. Uh, let's see, uh, Archimagiris Sanctus says, God bless Tim and crew, Ave Maria. As a liberal entering the traditional self-sustaining lifestyle, what is your opinion of us traditional Catholics and other religious folk living this way for decades? Hmm. Like, uh, um, oh, like having chickens and stuff? 
smarter. It's better. Big families. All the all the, the the liberal climate change people who don't do this, I think, are hypocrites because it's fun. It's easy. It's cheap. You save money. It's healthier. It's better for the environment. Eggs. Everything that they preach can be solved by getting out of the cities, still being close enough to commute with an electric bike or even a bicycle or taking public transport. But for some reason, they claim we got to do all these things, but they still want to live in these crowded, polluting right, cities. Right. I know. I grew up in rural America, basically, and I just don't understand why we have to crowd our cities anymore. You know, I walked down High Street in Morgantown, West Virginia yesterday and just thought, wow, let's invest in these sidewalks yes. and these, these uh, shuttered shops, right? This is America. Brian B. says within days of George Floyd, both the NJ and NEA teachers unions sent out emails about USA being white supremacist and mm-hmm. sent out CRT teaching materials. Right. About a month ago, they sent an email for summer workshops by Ibram Kendi and Nicole exactly. Hannah-Jones. Exactly. They were ready. The author ready of the 1619 <clears throat> Project, if listeners yeah. don't know. Yeah. 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 Kim Jong-Poon says, my kids are almost school age. We're pretty well off and can move anywhere. Currently in a liberal city. Is homeschooling the only way? Advice? We've seen elements of CRT in every in, in every decent private and public school we've toured. Mm, exactly. Yeah, homeschool pods maybe. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's that's the choice that parents are making now, and uh, these school systems are going to suffer because ultimately, the best and the brightest are going to be, you know, choosing differently. They're going to be having even greater equity gaps because kids and families that can't have choices. And they don't care though, because no. this is all in pursuit of their their very fake anti-racism yeah. agenda. Sonny James says, before America institutes critical race applied principles, most Americans, mainly the far left, are most uh, are most in- ignorant to race. There's three distinct groups that splinter off. I'd be banned for naming, but FYI, most Caucasians aren't Lily White. I always found it really weird right. that um, Caucasian. Is like when you're listing race, like yeah. from the Caucasus region right, of right. Russia or something. I'm not from the Caucasus. No, yeah, I know. Either. It's really yeah. weird. Like, is Anglo-Saxons <laughs> not an option? Yeah, and being from India, you know, we're the supposedly the original Aryans, right? Like, this is the confusion about so many of these words and these identities and these names. And um, but but what's the great greatest tragedy now is that this is what people are seeing, right? Instead of the human being, right? Yeah. Danny Douglas says, Tim, can you please put Will of the People up on Spotify? Love it. It is on Spotify. <laughs> you need only search for Will of the People by Timcast on Spotify, and you can listen to it right now. Dumb. It's on iTunes as well. I think it's on every, I think it's on Pandora, too. I don't know, whatever. It's weird. iHeartRadio? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's it's on, you know, all of those. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Critical race applied practice. Uh, big Papazo. Critical race applied practice. Crap. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crap. It's catching on. Uh, Janola says, is Marxism, but with without its only good thing, anti-corp. That's what's funny, right? Because mm. I actually think there is an issue between classes, right? There's right. the ultra-wealthy exploiting mm. the poor. Oh, and I think yeah. critical race theory is their tool to deflect from it. Yeah. It's such a tragedy. I mean, you can see it anywhere and everywhere, right? And that is um, what I knew growing up in West Virginia is that the white families were really part some of the most disenfranchised in this yeah. country and that's why as a person of quote color i reject the idea that it's only the whites that are oppressing others yeah. this is great okay kendrick leist says educators are teaching critical race applied practices 
for diversity, inclusivity, and equity. Eat crap and die. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's oh. great. I love it. That's great. Make 1984 fiction again says, hope Jimmy Dore is watching this because he denies CRT being taught too. Mm. Egg on face. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, you're great. Uh, check out the show on critical race theory and, 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 and pay attention to these books that are being taught to kids. Mm. Jimmy's awesome, by the way. He's a cool dude. Um, Robert Adams says, you need to believe that every person is responsible for their own actions. Every other form of government is just putting lipstick on the same pig. Mm-hmm. Poor pig. Oh. Aaron says, four people died in the battle for Fort McHenry. I heard the same recording recounting the bodies holding up the flag in the mm. fire academy. It's bunk. That's why I said it's probably legend. Mm. You yeah. Know, apocryphal. apocryphal. Ah, it's yes, apocryphal, but the mythology is still inspiring, right? Indeed. Because ultimately that's the kind of symbolic sacrifice that many people have to make. Well, that evokes the image on Iwo Jima when the soldiers are holding up that flag. It's very, like, resonant with the American people. But to clarify, you're saying it was a lie and it is war propaganda. Uh, That's what this individual is saying. But, you know, we we have our opinions. Just kidding. I love you, United States. It could be apocryphal. War propaganda, maybe, too. All right. Josh Bronca says, hi, Tim and gang. I believe you keep mispronouncing cult and culty. The L is actually pronounced as an N. Yes, I'm from Australia. Also, can we can we get a crossfire with lids and a radical feminist? <laughs> That'd be Perhaps. cool. That'd be fun, yeah. I don't know if I'm up for it. Abe Eckstein says, hashtag ban crap should be trending on Twitter. Yes. Right. Yes. BlackRock Beacon says, I'm in NFL, but willing to work with folks in South Florida to get that story out. Ooh, Find me on good. Minds, M-I-N-D-S. I'll work with you to push it out. I might be a small channel, but I'm independent and stubborn. Very cool. BlackRock uh, Beacon. And feel free to write to me. I, um, I have open DM on Twitter, so I'd ask for Nomani. You guys, people reach out from all over, and I'm yeah. happy to edit an op-ed anywhere. Awesome. Yep. All right. Yep. DK says, online is not the same as IRL. I do speak out in real life. Online is far scarier because the mob is terrifying. Hmm. Yeah, yeah true cb says praxis means activism they can change the words of critical theory and still requiring allied praxis from the students mm. that's right slippery blip squeak says tim quote wanted little boys to stop you know guest quote now they teach it in schools ian <laughs> quote we've come full circle right indeed i mean it's it's creepy stuff you know what, what, what's what's going on with a lot of this uh it is it, like what they're doing with kids is I didn't know all these books were in the school this is like a sh- this is like a shock to my system mm. like I'm the frog in the pot and I just got a spark yeah I'm glad I'm really glad that it was effective because in our brains right there has to be something that shocks us in order to know that it's a reality mm. and so if this worked then that's great because it it was just an email from the principal that woke me up. You know, it's like that. that it's just these aha moments that folks are getting when they're like, "Oh, wait, they're coming after me." Yeah. You know, and then it becomes real and personal, and then you see how wide it is and how big it is. I want to I want to read this one from Kevin Kelly. He says, "Went to Jersey City to see one of my friends for the first time in a while to find he went from a centrist to far left apologist. Hmm. Got in an argument over guns." Any advice on deprogramming propaganda? That's tough. Yeah. It's it's difficult. Um, there are psychological tricks, but the challenge is, are you willing to use manipulation? And that's 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 the challenge, because I certainly know how to deprogram propaganda, but it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a method to manipulating someone's worldview. <clears throat> I'm not a fan of that. So ultimately, I just say, here's the truth, accept it or don't. 
share this video with someone. And if they don't believe it, I don't know what to tell you. Because if you believe the ends justify the means, you're doing exactly what they're doing. You will never meet the ends because if you live in a world where you're allowed to use nefarious tactics to get what you want, nefarious tactics will never stop being used because everyone will just be like, well, you did it. I'll do it too. Mm -hmm. When will you ever actually come about that utopian ideal? Unfortunately, I don't think you will. All right. Let's see. We got a couple more here. Jason Q2 says the original blueprint or archetype, regardless if you believe it to be mythology or not, was the critique of God's kingdom by Lucifer to draw away a third of the angels, critiquing and attacking a power structure while instilling your own. Mm. That's creepy. Yeah. Manipulation. Yeah. Since the beginning of time. All right. Let's just see. uh, We'll do uh, one more. Jasper Rollins says CRT is predicated on atheism. I'm I'm sorry. Critical race applied practices Mm -hmm. or crap. The letters in atheist can be arranged to spell eat ish. <coughs> if you know what I mean. Interesting. All right, my friends. Uh, thank you Clever. all so much for, for, for hanging out for the show. If you haven't already, give that like button a smash. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. You know, someone asked, uh, you know, how do you deprogram propaganda? Share videos and clips and stories. Share content. Invite people to events where they're going to hear other ideas. Surround them with people who know their stuff. You are the summation of the five people who surround you. If people are being surrounded by mainstream media lies, then you need to be there for them to be like, ah, nah, that's ridiculous. And then, look, you're sitting with your friend and they go, whoa, Donald Trump just, you know, uh, punched a guy in the face. Mm. Then you go, what are you talking about? I just looked it up here and it's not that it didn't happen. And they'll go, oh. And you'd be like, bro, whatever. Come on. We're watching watching basketball or something. Yeah, don't let yourself get angry. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> How about this? Let yourself go to TimCast.com, become a member. Because we're hiring, we're expanding, it's getting crazy. We're filling up this building really, really quickly. Oh, um, yeah. We got a lot of work happening, and I, 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 I'm hoping the new site will be up shortly. Uh, we've gone over the alpha version of it already, and it looks amazing. The news section, I think we're building something really revolutionary. It's almost like a social media site, in a sense, where you've it's, it's, it's like if an independent... I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> People are going to have to see it. It lists the different shows we have on, the, on one side yes. as a news section. It's really a, an interesting thing. Imagine if like you went to Netflix and it wasn't just shows you could watch, but also like a news section, mm-hmm. breaking information, commentary, op-eds, something like that. And it's all thanks to all of you who are members. So we're going to have a bonus segment coming up, which will be up around 11 p.m. or so. So make sure you check that out. You can follow us on the show at TimCast IRL, Facebook and Instagram. And you can follow me at TimCast on basically everything. Did you want to mention your website and your social media, Azra? Yeah, sure. DefendingEd.org. And you, they can uh, follow me at Asra Nomani, A-S-R-A-N-O-M-A-N-I. Email me at Asra at AsraNomani.com. And um, remember, it's not your idea. Oh. This is not your idea. So crap is not to be taught by <laughs> you or it's not to be taken by you. You crap. have to fight back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys can also follow me at iancrossland.net and on all social media, Ian Crossland. Thank you so much for coming. Asra. Oh, absolutely. I am so gratified to meet Azra. We had a phone conversation before she came on, and I was like, she's the perfect person for the time. Do you know how sometimes these strong people rise to the occasion? She's one of those people, and I'm excited to see it happening. And I, for one, am extremely encouraged by what's going on with parents uh, speaking out and up. And you guys can follow me at Sarah Petulids on Twitter. And I'm trying to get more followers and Sarah Patch Kids, so please help me. We will see you all at TimCast.com in just a few minutes or so. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you there. Bye, guys. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.